everybody, and welcome to episode 395 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparis, coming to you from the Jason Walsh Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want to get in on this naming action, go to patreon.com slash laser time. Who else is joining me? Oh, Christopher still has his PS5, but not in the entertainment center yet. Uh, Antista. <laughs> oh, okay. And special guest... Greg Moore, and I have just discovered the Sega CD this week. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Matthew Ellen will not be joining us as he is deep sea diving with sharks this week. Perfect. Uh, (laughs) So tell me, okay, two different things. Chris, you decided to keep your PS5 and Greg's Sega CD? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I thought, why bother with this new generation when there's so many generations I've missed? Yeah, which is why I'm a great fit for today's episode. I mean, if you're looking for something that's a little more obtainable, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, the poorly sold PS <laughs> Sega CD is infinitely more obtainable than the PS5. There's right not now. a lot of good stuff. No, what I I just got one of those fancy EverDrives for the Genesis oh, so that nice. can also it can also do it has like the Sega CD hardware built in. So I've been discovering really? that whole library, and Dang. it's just as exciting as getting a PS5. <laughs> it, I it I had one exciting. game. I think it may have been the Saturn that I rocked harder than anything else. It was Galactic Attack, uh, a shooter that I believe goes by a different name. Oh, that game is awesome. It's amazing. Layer section? I can't find it. It's in the house somewhere. Does it go under a different, go by a different name? There's like five names for that game. Layer section was the Japanese Saturn version. Galactic Attack, and then there's like at least one other. It's a good game. was Was that for the Sega CD? No, that was Saturn. Okay, that might have. I think there might have been a PS One version. I, I got a Sega CD from a a girl's mom, <laughs> girls dating. I was dating's mom, and I remember I only liked the shooters that were on it, and that was it. Or the yeah, there's a couple good ones, yeah. And but uh, yeah, the there's Se- a lot of terrible, terrible stuff on the Sega CD. I, I'm learning. Oh yeah, I know you're not talking about Panic. Panic is fantastic. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, panic! And then there's like a Sylphid game and something called Barry Arm, which was them Barry. trying to. It's supposed to be them c- combining like variant or variable and Clever. arm. Barry Arm. It was it was like a much less cool name for the same concept as Einhander, I think. Barry <laughs> uh, it's it's good that we're getting into all this nostalgic talk because. Yes. Uh, Ready Player Two, the novel oh, by one. Ernest Klein, is out this week, and uh, it's already getting savaged on the Twitters. I, I, what I love most about whenever Ernest Klein writes something, uh, people who can't spell eight words correctly in a tweet become the best <laughs> writing critics of all time. <laughs> and, and, and it's, everyone all of a sudden is a literary critic on all of my social mm-hmm. media, despite oh, yes. never once posting about having read a book. Yeah, despite it's, this being the first book they've read all year. Uh, and I'm not saying, the, I'm not defending the book at all. Mm. It's just deep and bitter irony from someone who's actually made things before. I just, I feel like there's a Kevin Smithening happening to yeah. Ernest Klein. I mean, I, I'm a better nerd than he is, and my writing would be better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't say I'm defending it, but I am cautiously optimistic about it because I enjoyed Ready Player One. <gasps> I know, it's yeah. terrible. Uh, no, I, I, I enjoyed the book, and I think... I've, I've also read Armada, and I think Ernest Klein's uh, writing style and his books tend to follow this pattern where he really leans into the references to an obnoxious degree at first, and then that gradually 
kind of steps into the background as the story asserts itself a little better. But there's one passage that's been making its way around and has, in fact, apparently been censored by the publisher. It's it's filing DMCA takedowns against images what? from the book. Has that ever happened before? Not not to my knowledge. I mean, it may yeah, not even I, I be happening I, now. It might be a hoax, but I know that, like, I looked up a tweet <laughs> I saw earlier today, and it just says, media not available on the picture that was there. I, I, rem- I remember UFC was the first people to go after animated GIFs, so wow. I... I I believe it. it's possible to be a problem, especially in publishing. Of course it's yeah. going to be a problem. You could give away, like, the ending of Harry Potter the entire page <laughs> if you wanted to with modern, with, uh, modern social media. So I get it. Yeah. But I, I did I did find the, the excerpt again. And, uh, yes, the thing people are making fun of, this, this year's DeLorean with the Ecto-1 license plate or whatever is, I think the garden told him he could go as I scanned the doors. There it was, number 42. Another of Halliday's jokes. According to one of his favorite novels, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the number 42 was the ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything. I just stood there for a few seconds reminding myself to breathe. Then I punched in the seven-digit combination from the eggs inscription into the code pad beside the vault door. 8675309, a combination no self-respecting gunter would have trouble remembering. Jenny, I've got your number. I need to make you mine. I think the problem here is that he never lets his he never gives his audience the credit that they will pick up on the reference. He always ex- he he tends to explain it. And that yeah. that's that it's just like just say eight six seven five three oh nine. You don't have to explain or just have some song. fucking footnotes, man. Yeah. Have some footnotes. Treat it like a director's commentary. I think that's what he did in the first one, and maybe he got some you know bad feedback oh. after that that publication because Armada really know. layered oh. it on thick. I feel it really weird having defended the guy up front now, yeah. but it, <laughs> but I mean I, I've I've started listening to the audiobook. That's um, like <laughs> once it gets past this point, it's like uh, Miles. Spoilers, I guess. It picks up nine days after the original novel ends. He logs back into the Oasis and finds out, like, oh, there's a secret waiting for you. The the new owner of this company. And he runs and it's like a special headset that can let you interface directly with the virtual reality simulation. Or it can record your memories. Yes, exactly like in Strange Days. <laughs> I love Strange Days so much. That <laughs> that's, as, rules. that's as far as I've gotten. But... Uh, yeah, so because of, of this and uh, a couple of new releases this week, uh, we thought it would be fun to turn this nostalgia-focused podcast into a nostalgic Uruboros and make this week's <laughs> top five, which traditionally begins the show, about games that are nostalgic about video games. And specifically games about being nostalgic for video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in. I, I, su- I know I suggested a couple, but... Yeah. Yeah, I, I particularly, I, I have to tell people sometimes, just just given my age, I am about as old as video games, mm. and mm. given when I got into them, it was really easy to go back and play a lot of stuff in the arcade or the Atari, and there wasn't really a ton of Coleco, Magnavox, Odyssey 2 shit I had to fill in the gap song, because if it was worth playing, it eventually made it to some compilation where I played yeah. it on another system, so I think... A few years before, like, Michael and I met, yeah, it was possible to have played, like, almost all the video games in existence. At least (laughs) for a little bit. It really was. I mean, but then every once in a while, somebody comes up with something and, you know, a huge gap in my knowledge. Like, oh, shit, I never played anything on Amstrad or Amiga or uh, Commodore 64, really. That that was a a missing part of my Or, like, uh, Todd Glass in the slime world. I'm probably getting that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Philips CDI. Who knew there was a whole separate category? of Zelda game on there. 
right. Ooh, I, yeah. I did. I, I, and I did, I swear, they did the right thing by having Phil Hartman be the pitchman for that system. It almost had me. Mm. Yeah, all right. Maybe Burn Cycle's the new Mario. You're playing I'll, I'll Burn Cycle, Was which it is also Phil available connection? on PCs. Yeah, that franchise went everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but like a couple of these I know that we looked at, it's not just like it's this... It's not so much a celebration of uh, Ernest Kleine referencing games. It's like a couple of these have done a really good job of like, no, no, we want to make you feel like you were as a kid again. Not that you're playing the game you were as a kid again, but the game is actually about you playing games as a kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that that I think is great. We need a name for this category, and I propose metro which is a combination meta and retro Ooh, metro games. that's pretty good you shouldn't have any issues calling a game metro metro gaming it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm sure we'll own the C- seo but, on that yeah all of these i'm sure have been described in at least one review as a love letter to their respective eras of gaming which yeah they all are they all kind of are but yeah we will get into these five right after this would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time it supports not only this show but all the rest of the laser time network you'll get commentaries play games with the hosts see exclusive videos first and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time speaking of which here's a quick taste i've been um clinically depressed a lot of things that have been happening this week includes my doctor quitting and me having mm. to find a new doctor. You broke them? I did. He quit via suicide. No, he, uh, but uh, no. <laughs> Funny suicide joke. Uh, no, he, he just moved. So, but like, I'm in the middle of like, oh God, I need a new. My plumber literally broke up with me and my doctor left me. Like, Are you I'm having in... a gastro issue? Is that why your plumber and your doctor <laughs> both had to leave? <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, I am mainlining baked beans. This election has got me so nervous. Baked beans. I've got one inch piece of shit left in me. I got another one to quit, you fucker. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what? Games that are nostalgic for games. Yes. <laughs> or Metro games. Games that are about being nostalgic for games, beginning with... Number five. The basement air was thick with cigarette smoke and 10,000 volts of energy. And in the midst of this electric haze stood an army of high-tech creatures, their huge crystal-clear screens flashing before my eyes. Uh, that local fry can only mean this game is what? <laughs> it's I'm really serious. It's 1980X. <laughs> this is 1980X. A love letter about going to arcades in the 80s and uh, mm. discovering a community there. In front of these machines stood some of the coolest uncool people I had ever seen. <laughs> there were the freaks, the geeks, the misfits, the outcasts. The real rebels, part of something the outside world could not understand, or even knew existed. These guys were all playing, trance-like, totally absorbed, as if they experienced something from another dimension. Maybe I could be one of them. So... 1980X is the story of a an outcast, kind of a lonely kid in a city without much to do, 
who's walking around at night and discovers a dark alley with an underground arcade and goes and finds it full of teenagers who are all 80s fashion plates and uh, wants <laughs> to be part of that community and so starts playing games. And so it, it alternates between these cutscenes. By the way, the very first word in Ready Player Two is in fact cutscene. Uh, just pointing that out. But uh, it, it, these, these cutscenes of this kid, you know, discovering this arcade and then you get to play snippets of the games and uh the games range from side-scrolling shmups to this fucking out, fucking outrun they look great yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fucking outrun clone and there's a uh like a dungeon crawler that looks like something from the genesis era and one of my personal favorites uh shadow play which is a side scroller about a ninja running around slicing up samurai For, Can we get a translation? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for for all of that, like the game lasts maybe like an hour, maybe ninety minutes at most. Uh, so it's it's a little disappointing there isn't more meat there. But you know, as as just like an indie experience of like, you know, let's talk about nostalgia for arcades and. It doesn't matter that this is nothing like arcades actually were in the 80s. Um, what matters is this is how we want to remember them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this has a very 2020 aesthetic displayed itself. Oh, extremely, yes. Um, you know, right. the games didn't look like this. The people didn't look like this. The people weren't welcome. Music didn't sound like this. No. <laughs> yeah, they, any, any arcade. By the time I was going to arcades, they were attached to like mini golf ranges and malls. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know yeah. that there were any arcades like offsite. Everyone's like, oh, that sound and that's the smoke and like, nah, never, never until I went to Japan had I ever set foot in an arcade that allowed people to smoke in it ever. And th- there, every single person does. <laughs> I was, and I was in a Whole Foods uh, for the first time this week, and then I realized just just so I can tell you guys, I was with my girlfriend. And she's like, "What is that sign?" I'm like, oh my god, that's the, this used to be the old movie theater, and I'm standing on the spot where, I, like, right next to the six dollar kombuchas is where I first discovered Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> like that, that, is, <laughs> uh, that happened to me this week. Wow. And I was buying food for somebody else, so your patron money, let me assure you, still starving. Anyway, yeah. patreon.com slash later. <laughs> you know, this is it's become an interesting subject to me because I didn't really experience much of the arcade, like, culture. I think it was too, like, by the time I was... I think you're a little younger than me. Yeah, yeah, I'm a couple of years younger. Mm. So, I'm like, by the time Michael, so. by the time I was, like, making sense of the world, arcades were already on the outs. And, like, yeah, there was a mini golf in games near mm. us uh, that... I don't know. Like my most recent memory of going there, I think I was twelve. Uh, but it wasn't like this, this atmosphere and like this this community like they're describing yeah. here. But I've been translating this comic about uh, Daigo Umehara's life, oh, yeah? like mm-hmm. the life and times of Daigo, and it's all about that same magic that they're talking about in 1980X of like. I found this place with these like rebels and misfits, and like oh, they were the only people I felt comfortable around and like obviously this happened to pe- i mean that was in japan yeah. but um hmm. that scene existed um it's just fascinating yeah i'm the I'm most sure familiar i am with too, but i w- yeah the most familiar i am with that scene is in 1982's tron hmm. so, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know that's probably like, a little well yeah like 19 
Early 80s, if you see, like, depictions yeah. of arcades at the time, like, they mm. were filled with teenagers. Like, boys and girls. Yeah. Like, it was it was just, like, the hip thing to play arcade games for, like, five minutes in 1982. And mm. by the time that I was going to arcades, if I wasn't there with either my parents or my friends, they tended to be full of either foul-mouthed little skater shits or yeah. terrifying older teenagers who were really cranky around little kids and uh, even more terrifying mm-hmm. skinny dudes with mustaches and mullets. Like, those are the <laughs> ones you really had to steer clear of. I, I was going to say, our tilt was was in the mall next to the salon, so it was, like, a lot of, like... It felt like the end of the world, but in reality, oh, oh, everybody's mom was getting their hair cut. Mm-hmm. And those are the mm-hmm. people who populated the tilt for yep. the most part. <laughs> yeah, most part. Uh, but I know, I know what you're talking about. I know it existed because you know people a couple years older than me. They do have those experiences. I didn't so much have the agency to go anywhere by myself when arcades were in their heyday. Yeah, I was gonna say like, I, I, I got to, I got to go during the resurgence of like Street Fighter and TMNT. Right. And, I remember and I got to going. Go, to I was arcade. coming up in the world of Michael was describing the early '80s. I just watched The Wizard, so 1990 when arcades were almost entirely NES exclusives and l- children were swindling lawyers out of money, that is a thing that never existed. <laughs> yeah. the, the wizard. Also, if you if you want to see that early 80s vision of arcades, go watch the movie Joysticks, or don't. I'm sure it's very mm. problematic now. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah, there's so many titties mm. shown by people who did not give consent to see their titties. <laughs> but that was Jeez. funny in the early 80s. Hello. Yeah. Uh, Apparently considered at the time, yes, um, uh, and and yes, this this very much wears its '80s influence on its sleeve, sometimes to an embarrassing degree. They say that when you grow up, something inside you dies. I'm still not sure if that's good or bad. Okay, the thing inside you that dies is your heart. We've all seen Breakfast Club. Come on. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 I, what the only thing I worry about is. You know, now that I'm 40 and much wiser than anyone listening, um, <laughs> yes. just just want to get more people mad at me. Uh, I do worry about this kind of nostalgia being like our time as the fucking boomers. I don't, I don't mind. I actually love the idea of this game, but it is idealizing something that may not have actually existed. Not unlike a MAGA dipshit 1950s leave it to beaver bullshit. Everyone <laughs> had great jobs kind of thing as long as they were white and male. Uh, like I don't want to become that, so that's what I. What about Stand this, By Me? I love Stand By Me. That you love great. you love Stephen King's vision of the fifties. Yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah. Yeah, most people I mean, aren't like super rich, and like it, times weren't awesome for everyone. Uh, true. People were struggling to get by. Why am I? Why'd you get me on this, Greg? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I just yeah, it is romanticizing it, but it's not like it's uh, not in a way that's like things were. I mean, this person sounds sad in every single cutscene. It, it is it is there's there's a melancholic quality to it and i think that it starts to come through in the the arcade games that the kid is playing that like there's some trouble at home and uh yeah you can kind of hear like the voice of the parents coming through and the monsters that you're defeating so but it, it's, one, it's also one of those indie games that it's just like it just hints at what's going on it doesn't really show you or tell you but again, these, these games look fucking great. Oh, they are. Yeah. And gonna, I, it's, I remember it's last a, time we, we it, talked about it. It wasn't available on, Swi- on consoles, and it's on mm-hmm. Switch and PS4 now. So yeah. Yeah. And it's, 
it's a phenomenal hour. Uh, it just mm. it doesn't it's over very quickly. Um, so it's a little little disappointing. But as Fine as like a little me. interactive art piece, it's pretty cool. Mm. Ten dollars well spent. Yeah, yeah, can't go wrong for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. And it's a good this this whole like new genre that's emerged a subgenre I guess of like the the retro meta mm-hmm. game is a good way to like if you have an idea for a game or several ideas for games but you don't feel like you could flesh them out to the point of them being standalone products maybe it's a good way to like you know you do a wrap around yeah. and then you can sell like these little yeah, bite-sized like, things. If you, if you somehow made a game that was all about like bite-sized snippets, polished, well, bite-sized snippets of arcade games, which is mostly how we got to experience mm-hmm. games on arcades. You can't get intimately familiar right. with a game that's meant to shake quarters out of you. Mm-hmm. But like you, you make in a modern setting, like you could make that and then like, Hey, I want to play more of your Ninja Gaiden game. And okay, it looks like people like this. We'll sell DLC that makes it a full game, but there's <laughs> still this yeah. one hour narrative but you can. Wouldn't that be neat if you could buy larger versions of these games if they were that good? That was, I know neat. for one of these things that like there was a game that, like I would love to play more of this. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, like As it stands, it's, it's like the tales, tales from the dark side of uh, video games, hmm. of retro oh, games. Right. Yeah, you got the wraparound. It's an anthology. Yeah, that's what anthology. it is. Uh, and and if you are bothered about the ten dollar price tag, well, you can play this next game and consider that evened out. Number four. Uh, lovely fake out with the Mega Man Two music there, but uh, any clue what this is? This could only be a Bobo's Big Big Adventure. I Uh, slept on this way too long. This is so good. Yeah, it it really is good. Like, I think it was started in, like, 2002 as, like, the brainchild of, like, this guy at iMockery. And it came out in, like, 2012, finally, as a Flash game on Newgrounds. And you can still play it, although, like, you know, Flash... You don't need Flash. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Flash is kind of being discontinued on a lot of platforms. But uh, it is a it is a legit game, like it, mm-hmm. it legit like fun, well designed game that basically just pulls a WarioWare and briefly rips off a bunch of NES games. In that, a Bobo on a quest to save his son, a Boboy, <laughs> goes through various games, starting with Double Dragon, moving on to Super Mario Brothers with the water level. Uh, you can meet Annie the Mermaid from uh, Goonies 2, and if you choose the mate option with her, then it creates several misshapen merbobos who will f- uh, circle around you and protect you as you swim <laughs> through the Ninja Turtles shocking seaweed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like... like a, yeah, there's like a reference every two yeah, seconds. Yeah, roughly that. Reference after reference after reference. And if you want to get a feel for the tone of the game, all you really need is to listen to this. That is from the Urban Champion stage, where or Urban Champ, whatever it's called, where like just a Bobo keeps kicking the ass of the Urban Champion guy until he gets him to the the end of the levels, and then punches his head off, and there's blood everywhere, and then 
lady comes out of the apartment window to rain down confetti and Bobo looks up at her and picks up the headless corpse and throws it at her and it explodes and there's blood and body parts everywhere. Like that is, that is the tone of this game. That is its sense of humor in a nutshell. <laughs> that is just bring extreme violence to these NES classics. The pacing is also super good. I just played yeah. this today for the first time. After I know that I saw when it came out and was like, I have to play this, and then I just forgot. It's so good, but the, the pacing is like remarkably good. I feel like yeah. people actually trying to design a game for money should take mm. notes, yes. you know, because they, they don't really ever repeat an idea. Like, they keep throwing new stuff at you, and it's like this sort of... Uh, just overview of that age of gaming. Yes, and there there is like an entire Zelda dungeon that is is dick shaped, and uh, <laughs> that that is the only part I'd say like we you fill this with so many rooms it kind of wears out its welcome a little bit. It's like I'm just ready to go on to the next parody now. But no, you made a full ass Zelda dungeon that I have to get through and uh, fight the old man with the meat that I found. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you upgrade your sword to meat, don't you? <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> and then, yeah, the the Amazon from Pro Wrestling shows up, and you have to chase him through the balloon fight level. And uh, <laughs> then, yeah, you, you beat him up in a wrestling ring, and I think Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and The Undertaker all show up to kick his ass, after which you destroy him. <laughs> and it's... God, it's it, there's just so much. <laughs> like it's if also, they ever tried to sell this, they would be sued into oblivion by everybody. Yeah, exactly, and that's why it's a particularly good ca- like defense case for the Flash game. Ironically, mm. yeah. <laughs> as Flash is going away, you could only do this as like a browser thing on the internet. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I have uh, a feeling like yeah, yeah, even if like the, and they they have a downloadable version, which is also just the Flash version. But I have a feeling that if they tried to package it as some sort of executable, like even if you download it as freeware, like people would step in, Nintendo would step in and say like, no, cease and desist. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, not going to let you do that. Because a Bobo is a villain, like the classic double dragon villain, uh, it turns That's the That's what I want to make sure we mentioned. <laughs> huh? This is a game starring like the most iconic villain or yes. enemy in double dragon. <laughs> also, maybe the ugliest person in NES history. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with his face? There's a lot of meat there. <laughs> Nobody can quite figure out how his face is actually supposed to look in every game afterward. <laughs> it's like does is does he just have like a big craggy Danny Trejo face? Does is he have like weird skin flaps where his lips should be? Like what is his deal? He looks like he was hit with a hit with a frying pan or a mm-hmm. bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just has very dark circles uh around his eyes, but um <laughs> Yeah, uh, just, oh my god, this this just goes all over the place, and I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, but because he's a villain, as I said, it kind of turns the tables on several classic video games, and uh, there, like, there's a punch-out thing at the end where you are controlling the, the bad guy facing the screen rather than Little Mac with his back to the player, and uh, it's also one of the few times you hear anything approaching a voice sample coming from a bobo. What's that terrible non-stop laugh? Uh, uh, uh. Sounds like Michael Myers breathing into his mask. (laughs) (laughs) About as violent. Could probably take down Michael Myers. (laughs) 
Abobos. Big adventure. You should look it up and you should play it if you haven't. It is a- still free. You don't need Flash. Yeah. You can download it for apparently PC and Mac. Yeah, I well, haven't the, done that through anything but Steam in so long. Yeah, I don't and, even remember how it works. As I was saying, the the downloaded versions are actually Flash. Also, they are Flash executables, but. Uh, so you will still have to have Flash in some form. But I'm, I'm looking through their old news, which hasn't been updated in eight years. Oh, no. But they do. But gamepad support. Mm-hmm. They got that, man. Yeah. They got oh, that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> should, not easy. should have tried it playing like that. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I totally recommend everyone look this up uh, and play it. It is very much a love letter to the NES era yeah, and to practically every major NES game. It's it's like a playable Smash Brothers trailer. It sucks yeah. that Nintendo didn't make something like this. Yeah, kind of. Uh, partnering up with a bunch of third-party people. Mm. Yeah, that would have been... What, it's what a subspace emissary should have been for Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just a bloody romp through 8-bit well, yes. gaming, destroying everybody. Uh, and, and, like that 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 is spoiler that is the ending just like a bobo and his son jumping into a huge crowd of 8-bit game characters and literally tearing them to pieces <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um as fun as that is we should move on to number three Soundtrack provided by uh, friends of our former show, Anamanaguchi. <laughs> one of one of four game soundtracks I have on vinyl. Oh, nice! I gave Greg one. Yeah. Um, I remember that. But this one and uh, Battletoads, both Battletoads for some reason. Why did my dad get me Battletoads for on vinyl for Christmas? Why huh. wouldn't he? <laughs> it's all he that. He never bought me any. He that great all pause games. music, man. Oh, sorry. That's that's why he knows. Uh, the guy grew up with the guy who owns the record store. So oh, he's like, okay. yeah, he'll like this. Yeah. And he's not wrong. Uh, but yeah. My son loves video games. What will he like? How about Battletoads? <laughs> Battletoads. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I love this soundtrack. Anamanaguchi. Yep. It's re-released now, right? Is, is it out? Yeah. It's not out. Uh, it uh, will be coming soon. But like, since we were bringing a Battletoads, uh, this game actually has something in common with Battletoads in that the pause music in both games is like this weird percussive track that is independent of the rest of the soundtrack. In Battletones, it's, it's this very iconic, like... I introduced my girlfriend to it because I just... I didn't notice I was doing it, but if we were, like, cuddling in bed, i just blow it into her head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, God, and that I, she's like, annoying. she's like, she's like, do that again. And like, what? And she did it. Like, you're doing the Battletoads theme. Like, no, you're doing the Battletoads pause. Screen. So that's that was our first weird intimate musical moment. The Battletoads pause screen, <laughs> which I then got to play for her on vinyl. God, nice. I'm the worst. <laughs> but yeah, I, and I I remember that because uh, I was watching a stream with Anamanaguchi talking about it and talking about making the soundtrack for it and. At one point, the pause music comes up. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't think we did that. That was that was like in-house at Ubisoft. So like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The game was a ostensibly movie based game that was based more closely on the comic book, which was itself an exercise in video game nostalgia mm-hmm. in that Scott Pilgrim 
lives in a world that seems to be either part of or heavily informed by a bunch of like 8 and 16 bit video game tropes. Uh, you know, when people die or get beaten up, they disappear and turn into fistfuls of coins. Uh, there is the subspace highway that seems to have come directly out of Super Mario Brothers 2, which also makes an appearance in the game. Often with a rainbow road and strange visual glitches, like corrupted tiles. So many things about Scott Pilgrim are idealized versions of things that never existed. I can say that mm -hmm. for a fact. Or maybe yeah. I can't because I didn't grow up in Toronto. Yeah, true. But like it, reading Scott Pilgrim before it was ever a movie was like, wow, this is exactly what my late teenage, early 20s was like if you include a lot more people and hot girls. Yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> we did not, I'm, the five of us I'm saying, that's what, that's mm -hmm. what I had. Yeah, uh, but people obsessed with old games, making references to oh, old yeah. games that everyone got, didn't need to explain. Yeah, and if they're not making references, then the the references just appear in the world around them. I, you know, it's it's never entirely clear. Like, is this all just the way the way that Scott sees the world, or is this really happening? Actually, in the comic book, it's pretty clear that this is actually happening. This is just the <laughs> world they live in. Um, the movie, it's a little... I was more insulting Toronto. Yeah. Than... <laughs> uh, but that, that's another thing. I, like, Brian Lee O'Malley was worried. as just like, is this is this going to be too niche? Like, who cares about Toronto? And then he, he thought, like, well, maybe by making something hyper-specific, you can make it appealing to everybody. And that's yeah. kind of what Scott Pilgrim managed to do. That it's just like, yeah, it, it really speaks to this hyper-specific environment, but yet it's somehow relatable. Even if you've never been to Toronto, which I think or, I've or if you're, you're somebody who likes games and talks to people on the internet, and you all share the same, mm -hmm. you know, zeitgeist and sense of humor, yeah. It'll, even if you didn't grow up with, with in a situation like that, it's nice to know that maybe someone did. Or again, even that, even if Brian Lee O'Malley created it from scratch, it's fine. It, it, I liked it, yeah. and I still really like everything about Scott Pilgrim uh, as a story. But the game is is. <laughs> It, it just reminds me of one of those, uh, you know, if Hulk didn't replace the fucking stone. It's like a stream of reality I, l I would have liked to have seen. Like if arcade games did progress to something that made Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. A really long and deep and winnable arcade experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think about that a lot where it's like, I think about how Mega Man 9 was like so obsessed with only doing what you could technically have done on the NES. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was misguided. I mean, yes. whatever, that's that's a fun nostalgia thing, but it's much more interesting to make something that looks like what if the NES just kept going and they just mm -hmm. kept like having carts with more memory. Shovel Knight. Yeah, yeah, Shovel Knight. yeah that's, and that's then that's you have exactly Shovel Knight, which is much more much more interesting than Mega Man 9 in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And Scott Pilgrim's right up there. Yeah. And Scott Scott Pilgrim, I think the 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 book and the movie. Well, the the book's actually more pandering with its references because it will explain them not quite to Ernest Klein level. The movie kind of like lets them lay there. Yeah. And hope that people get it. I mean, it, it it explains them to the point. It's like, what's that glowing over there? It's like, oh, it's a save point. Yeah, it's a save point. Yeah, but it's like when, so when Scott knocks out a uh, Matthew Patel, mm -hmm. and you hear K O, and like that's just. Wow, that is from Street Fighter Alpha yeah. Three. Yeah. Like it's not mentioned, that was but in like, the movie. yeah, it's in the movie. Neat. It's it's also um, interesting, like rereading the the books and you know, 
hearing all the you know the critiques of like no scott's the villain scott's a huge dick and it's just like well he's he's a bit of a dick in the books but he's like he's trying to be a better person whereas then like i watched the movie and it's like oh no this is where that comes from because scott is like super high strung and neurotic and annoying well, he, Scott is much more oblivious in the film because yeah. there's not a lot of time to get into his inner thinking. I don't like that appraisal at all, and not I. <laughs> I, I I like uh, uh, the woke world. I'm not mm. shitting on them, but the idea that like we're all perfect human beings. I think Scott Pilgrim's one of the most perfect stories about someone who doesn't realize they're kind of hurting a lot of people yeah. as they mm-hmm. thoughtlessly move forward, and he slowly comes to that realization. Um, and it's it, I think it's a it's a much better story than, uh, you know, a lot of people yelling on Twitter give it credit for. Yeah. And, but that's why I don't use that website. And, and meanwhile, uh, the, the game removes the that problematic aspect of the story entirely because uh, you yeah. don't you can play as Scott, but it's a four player game. You can play as his bandmates, Kim and everyone. Steven Stills. You can play as Ramona Flowers. And with the DLC, you could play as Knives Chow and Wallace Wells. So uh, and they they all get Wallace their own... Wells. Yeah. Oh, wait, Wallace is great. I love Wallace. <laughs> oh, and his Nega Scott also. So, um and and they all get their own endings. So you can you can just play it as like, no, this is a Scott free story. It's all about Ramona going and beating up her her seven evil exes or it can be I, I about Stephen Stills because all these people keep preventing him from getting gigs. <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait to play this again in uh even though River City Girls just came out on Game Pass. Mm. Man, it's uh, really and that's good. one of my yeah, I love that game, and I can't wait to play it with my my lady. Is like really good with co op games like this, so we'll, I'll probably. I didn't even finish Scott Pilgrim to that level, the game, but there's a lot more to it, and I think even oh, branching yeah. pathways and things I I didn't explore. Oh yeah, there's there, someone... there's a ton of hidden stuff. Um, there there's mm-hmm. like secret characters that pop up and that you can fight. There are shops that are basically straight out of River City Ransom with like. Yeah weird esoteric items that aren't explained but if you buy them like it unlocks all these new abilities that you didn't know you had and mm. I, I, I was thinking like oh one of the the gags from the comic that carries over is that in order like there's a video store and in order to buy anything at the video store you first have to pay like a 500 dollars late fee and then <laughs> if you do that it uh unlocks all these videos that can grant different skills and things like that but like i was realizing looking at it, it's like might have to explain to people what a video store was and why you'd have to pay a late fee there. <laughs> like, who remembers that? Don't worry, none of them are listening. Mm. We're good. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun, um, and I appreciate all the, the the various references to video games that it packs in. For example, when you fight uh, Todd Ingram, the uh, the bassist X, who's he's part of uh, the Clash at Demon Head, and he's a much better bassist than Scott is. It takes the form of a Guitar Hero uh, noteboard, right. and and he's his, his side just fills up with notes, and Scott's is completely empty except for one. <laughs> You hit the one note that Scott has to play, and he just hits Todd with his bass and interrupts the song, and then it te- becomes a proper boss fight with all these weird, like, Akira-influenced transformations, courtesy oh of uh, Paul Robertson, who did the the sprites and a lot of the animations. Uh, yeah. And- of Kings of Power and 4 billion percent fame and Adult mm-hmm. Swim interstitials for anyone who still watches over-the-air television. <laughs> um, and I do. Only for Adult Swim... Once again, I'm saying in another podcast, 
Eric Andre for president of 2020. Sure. Best movie, best comedy special, best show of 2020. The worst worst year I've ever had. The <laughs> worst year a lot of people have I ever think had. It's pretty universal at this point. For yeah. anyone still alive. Mm-hmm. For, yes, if you manage to live through it. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, back in like 1300s, every year was the worst year. Yeah. True, true. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you think your PS5 breaking's hard. You should try this dust bowl. <laughs> yeah, you should try the hole that you shit in filling up with plague victims. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The game, it's great. I'm very excited for the re-release. Uh, it's coming up soon. But in the meantime, we should move along too. Number two. David, seriously? The game has barely started and you're already on that video game? You don't even know what's inside that plastic box. People are saying there's radiation leaking from it. Do you know what radiation could do to a growing boy? (sighs) Who's played this? This is... I I did. This is one of the the, the game... the, The handful of games... I've downloaded after an episode of the show, I think. Is this the VR one? Yes, this is Pixel Ripped 1995, sequel to Pixel Ripped 1989. And I I was already on board with this, having just played like maybe the first half hour or so, where it's all about you're just trying to play a video game in peace, and your mom keeps grousing at you about these <laughs> urban legends that she's seen on TV, and like, oh, it's hypnotizing him, he's... It's ruining his brain. Why does his father get him these things? I don't understand. She keeps trying to stop you from playing, so you need to set off things in the background to distract her while you're also trying to play this game on screen. So you're managing both the, the actual game and the, the background stuff. Yeah, there's there's other games that are trying to embody the pleasant experiences of mm-hmm. growing up playing games, and this is one that, like, somehow gamifies all the unpleasant and weird ones. <laughs> yeah. and, in a, in a I'll really... turn the machine off before my mom turns around, but yeah. it's VR, so it's like, it, dude, this is exactly how it was! Yeah, yeah I was going to say, this is much more relatable to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And speaking of relatable, I think we all knew this kid in one form or another. Hey, George! What you playing there? Is that pixel rick a dot to the future? Ha! I beat that game like a gazillion times. You know they're gonna release a new pixel art game for Christmas, right? Don't tell anyone, but uh, my uncle works at Ultimate, so I got the new Ultimate 32 before anyone else. I could show you, but it's like a top secret. Besides, I wouldn't show it to a dog like you. You're not ready for an Ultimate 32. Boo! That kid Fuck sucks, that kid. and he's there through the whole game. But uh, something interesting I didn't I didn't realize. So that's like you know the early parts of the game, and then like in Pixel Ripped 1989, sometimes the the game characters come out of the game and have to jump around in the real world and do stuff. What I didn't realize is the crazy stuff it starts to do with these games that you're playing. There's there's this one scene where you're in a video store playing a demo unit. And you're playing this game called Rad Raccoon 3 that looks like an amalgam of, like, Bubsy and Sonic the Hedgehog and Zool and a bunch of other platformers from the era. And you come up to an obstacle that you have trouble getting past and, like, this wizard character uh, shows up and says, like, hey, that, that other kid's cheating. Well, we can cheat, too. See the demo unit next to you that's turned off? You can jump into that game, grab items, and bring them back into this game. So you're playing this 
platformer, and then you just turn your head and you start playing a Super Metroid clone on the other yeah. the the other machine, and you fight your way through, and then you get like the the missiles or bombs, whatever, and then you turn back to the Bubsy game, and you have the bombs, and you can use those to blast <laughs> through the. So you, you you just alternate between playing these two drastically different games and and carrying over your power-ups from one into the other. It's like, that's really inventive. That's and, really original, yeah. yeah. I feel like and, of all the games on the list so far, that's the one yeah. that really does something new and special with the concept. Mm-hmm. It really does. And there are, there, like, there's a scene in an arcade where you get to play completely different games, and it has, like, a this weird interlude with, like, the Mortal Kombat era where this game kind of comes to life, but all the characters are like photo sprites that Mortal Kombat popularized. And you know, so there's like, quote unquote, real people, but heavily pixelated jumping around and fighting. I, that's kind of cool. And because it's also representative of this era, which is on like, you know, as that kid hinted at the cusp of the 32 era, you're about to transition from 16 bit to 32. Uh, things happen that change the hardware that you have at home. Look, champ, we got this uh, thing. It's a, an, an add-on. It's, a, it's, it's supposed to enhance the graphics of your um, uh, power system. Well, he said you could even play some 3D games with this. Huh? Yeah. Oh, you can look at it in the car. Now we got to hurry. We still need to stop at the supermarket before we head home. Oh, I remember that. Like, no, but I, what, what if I leave this in the car and someone steals it from the car? <laughs> But but that that's basically a 32x like it's a thing that plugs into your existing console. Wow, I cannot believe I was struggling to think of what that was. Like, yeah, some magical system. Uh, what is it made out of? An FX chip? God, I'm so smart. Oh yeah, the 32x. Yeah. My bad. And yeah. mild spoilers, but the part of the the game's narrative arc is that your your mom learns to stop being terrified of video games and eventually embraces them to the point where your parents team up with that awful neighbor kid to uh, to get you a cool present. What are you waiting for, darling? Open your present. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't watch. It's, it's an, an ultimate, ultimate 32. 32. Come on, let's try it out. Oh, I wish I'd asked to borrow Isabella's camera. And then you get to play 3D games. Like some of the, some of the games you were playing earlier are like you know, they, they, they're kind of like knockoffs of Secret of Mana or Super Castlevania 4. And then, like, the games that you play on this are like, oh, it's like a 3D version of Secret of Mana. And, like, uh, it's Castlevania 64, <laughs> like uh-huh. a, a parody of that in here. It's like, how many games would actually parody Castlevania 64? Not it's, a lot, even no, though it's not very ripe for making fun of it. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. But, but yeah, the, the inventiveness and the... Just, just the kind of charting that era and conveying all that unpleasantness. It's, it's like, yeah, it's its own kind of nostalgia, really. It's not rose-colored glasses so much as like, oh yeah, no, this is very relatable. I remember all this shit, <laughs> and that's kind of oddly comforting. The, c- the scene where you're supposed to go to bed and mm. you're trying to play in bed, oh, yeah. keep and... trying to play it without waking your mom up. Like, how about turn down the volume, genius? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it might actually be a better exploration of the concept than this next game, but you know what? I'm going to give the number one position to this next one anyway, because nostalgia! Number one. Ooh. 
That is the music to Robot Ninja Haggleman in which game? Retro Game Challenge or yeah. Game Center CX? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so, which is such a weird pedigree for a game. And, and uh, Greg, you actually looked into this, but like I, I know that there was a TV show in Japan that was popular where a dude in his 30s would play NES games and be really good at it. It was kind of like pre-YouTubers. It's like, hey, watch a guy yeah. play games. and At least in Japan, even, yeah. even though I think four years ago it was pre-YouTube in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. But then that got its own game, and this came over to the States, and it's about being zapped back in time by this virtual version of Game Master Arino, the host of that show, to play games with his child self. And yeah. Uh, yeah, have, you have to do a bunch of challenges that are based around video games. I'll let the opening voiceover explain this a little bit. Having been utterly defeated by his friends in every current-gen multiplayer game, Arino longed to become a gaming master. His obsessive desire for complete dominance in the gaming world spawned a digitalized version of himself in his Nintendo DS. He came to be called Game Master Arino, and he began to haunt gamers around the world with retro game challenges. You have been chosen for his all-new game challenges from his home turf, the 80s. This is the first game that I've, I've and for a long time, the only game that I've ever seen that like tries to replicate the experience of being a kid and playing Nintendo games and discovering them. And you get a magazine every month and you look in the magazine and it's like, oh, look at these new games that are going to be coming out. I'll be able to play these soon. And now that there's a tip in here that can help me get past this challenging bit in this game that I've been struggling with. And uh, if I do that, then uh, I'll be able to like rack up huge points and beat this challenge a lot quicker. Uh, I mean, dude, if you don't if you don't read the magazine, you're gonna have to play like an entire Dragon Warrior. Oh game, yeah, yeah, Dragon Quest game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, that and was yeah, a very cool touch that you can actually look in the magazines to get codes that yes. are sometimes crucial to progress. I didn't yeah. realize that and, was yeah. in there until. And I, read but these. that's a, that's the experience because not in a while. I've been an adult for so long. When uh -huh. I get a new console, it sits on a shelf, so, but. Just the experience of like, no, it's a bunch of little kids sitting on the floor where mm -hmm. their console is. Like, and I do remember that. That's where mine was when we first hooked it up. Totally. Yep. We didn't know where it was going to go. Uh, and, and the NES was my first console. And that makes me so happy. Like, like looking at a magazine that was like the NES was sitting on a page of so my cat wouldn't flip it over. Like that, that <laughs> sitting right on the floor. That I don't know. I love everything about this. It's, and, it's a great uh, use of the dual screen, too, right? Because yes. the bottom screen is it's showing the, quote, real you and your little brother, like, sitting in front of a Famicom and a TV, and then the upper screen is the game they're playing. And so me, while you're playing the game, if you do something good, you'll see, like, one of the characters on the bottom screen shout out something like, yes, or something like that. Yeah. And For, for example... Huh? Yeah, a child Arena will stuff. continually comment on on uh, what you do. I don't I don't understand why. Like, okay, you're sent back to the the past, 
and you just show up in his room and he's like, oh, okay, I guess we're friends now. You want to play games? And then he just lets you play his Nintendo. Like, he never plays. It's always you. Hmm. So. Yeah, this, is, this is one of the best games I've... This is, one, my, this is my favorite DS game, I think I can say. Wow. Hmm. Uh, I've played it numerous it's times. Right I love it. I didn't know it was going to be rare or... Um, I was going to bond with people over liking it because there's two more that America has never received. Oh, I didn't know there was Are a there third. two more? I think there's just two yeah. total. Hmm. Uh, it says Game Center CX3. What? No Arino. Cho Yume? Is that also on the regular DS? No, the 3DS. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, released event? five years ago. So wow. we haven't talked about this in a while then. If I hadn't oh. even glanced at the wiki while talking about it. But I... Uh, I uh, did, did did actual games journalologists really write the entries in the first game? I thought I remember seeing. Uh, I don't that. know if they wrote the entries. I think they they collaborated with it. Like Dan Sock, the editor of Game Fan Magazine, is is very clearly Dan Shu, the uh, the editor of EGM. Oh, in its final days. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So I get it, uh, but but it, this is this is the best game if you want to. If, you, if you're really that curious what it was like t- to me at the most joyous time in my life mm. uh, with with games, this is the experience. Yep. It's fucking great. Yeah. And, and, and if and you as an adult are... ever wonder, like, wait, how did I know about upcoming games before the internet? Then you can play this and be like, oh, right, magazines. Those were I things. would read a magazine like, oh, this game exists. And you go to a store and it's because it's out because mm-hmm. that magazine was written three months ago. Yep. Nobody <laughs> knows what the release date is because how would you even pay attention to that? Right, uh, very very strange, it's but also, also comforting. Yeah, it's kind of a miracle apparently that the game even got localized because yeah. Yeah. I was reading about. There's a Gama Sutra article about it with uh, one of the Xseed localization guys, and he was saying that. Uh, so I guess this was Namco, Namco Bandai, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he said they don't they they weren't they didn't intend for this to be localized. So they you know even adding English text was a bit of a a trick. But um, they also don't license things out normally. But he said there was some, like, twist of fate. He said a freak hiccup in the space-time continuum in a series of randomly connected events that I can't reveal on pain of death. And somehow it dropped into our laps. So, yeah, like... A, a lot of the games are, are, are Namco-centric, but they're not called those games. Mm. Right. They're not called Rally X yeah, or, like or Galaga. Cosmic Gate is Galaga. Um yeah, ra- was it? I- I'm already forgetting what the rally game is, but uh, it's fucking great. That yeah. game is amazing. You can end up playing these outside oh, rally of the story King, on their own, and they're mm-hmm. all really good. Yeah, and then yeah, like I think the most striking, like there's a whole series in there. Like there's Haggleman, uh, Haggleman Two, which is like you know these robot ninja games about this ninja that has to like go through these hidden doors and stuff like that. And uh, from Haggleman 1 to Haggleman 2, there isn't much of a jump. It's just like Haggleman 2 kind of feels like the same game. But Haggleman 3 goes like full Ninja Gaiden, and now it's all kind of gritty. And like, Arena's like, oh, he almost looks too cool now. <laughs> that was a thing back then, though. Like, part yeah. you'd have a part 1 and part 2, and they'd be like just more of the same. And then part 3 was like a completely different yeah. thing. Or you'd go like Your part Mario's 1, and then part 2 is like a completely different game. And then part 3 is the part devs going like, oh, okay, no, yeah. we went too far. Sorry. Here's the same game again. <laughs> <laughs> that show did eventually get subtitled and released online. Oh, nice. It did. For English. I, th- yeah. I thought I remember like Kotaku even like releasing yeah, that's, it. Like, they yeah, they somehow- did. Oh, we're wow. part of the distribution of it. But yeah, I think, I think that's it, right. It made it to Twitch, and it's it's pretty 
easy to find subtitled nowadays because somebody did, somebody did it as their job and it's a it's a good uh, translation. I remember but, it. Yeah, I, f- I felt very vindicated by that because mm-hmm. I feel like it was still early on for people to realize that just sitting and watching someone struggle through a retro game is yeah. really entertaining. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was sort of like I I was trying to explain that to my dad and like when you were a kid did you ever get beat up by someone who was way bigger than you? He's like, "Yeah." Like, "Okay, so now imagine <laughs> that someone your age was able to like bring that person into a system and show you how to beat them up." Would you watch that video <laughs> someone beating up your old bully? So, for me, that's what watching streams are. <laughs> <laughs> Things I was tricked into renting and buying, and someone figuring it out how to beat them. Wow! And, and it, it, <laughs> no, nobody but me ever cared about Hudson's Adventure Island, and that game was like I did. Like, just it was my world, and and <laughs> there was no guide. I was just me in a p- pizza parlor waiting for someone to like give me a tip. Where the fuck <laughs> is the skateboard again? God, how do you make this appear? You know, that was also based off a TV personality in Japan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the. Well, he's also like a gaming personality, right? He's the guy who has yeah, like was, the world record like the for pushing gamer, a button. Really. Yeah, yeah. Like he can push a Daigo button faster than anyone gamer. else. Yeah, that's right. Wait, sorry, what were you saying when I talked over you? <laughs> no, I said I said he was basically the first pro gamer. Although yeah. officially, Daigo is the first pro gamer in Japan, but this oh, guy okay. was professionally yeah. gaming. So. Takahashi Majin, I believe, is <laughs> yeah, his right. uh, name in Japan, which somehow got translated into Master Higgins in Adventure Island. I'm not sure what happened. Master Higgins. <laughs> Master Higgins. Ow. Ow. So weird. Um, oh, he always wears a hat because you know who we want to make the center of our game? Dale Gribble. <laughs> <laughs> a hat and a grass skirt. What more do you need? <laughs> this guy's got nothing to hide. <laughs> he's, he's clearly not dodging extra families in debt. Um, he's got a baseball cap and a grass skirt. Yep. And if he takes one hit, he doesn't get any weapons anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, if he dies, like, oh. And uh, he can get followed around by an eggplant, which will eventually kill him. I wish the VG Empire was still around so I could talk about how that game has the worst music of all time. <laughs> I mean, I... I, 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 I may use the, uh, the the first level music in, in our intro. <laughs> oh why i love it so dearly Uh, you know it like i think i was hours deep into playing that game as a kid when i realized like this is basically super mario brothers it just repeats the same four (laughs) world templates over and over again then you fight the same boss but with a different head yeah, but now we're old and realize Miyamoto was a coward for never giving Mario a skateboard. Yes! And, <laughs> How dare he? And, uh, yeah, with, with by the way, that dude had... <laughs> what year did that come out? 85? He's got a helmet and elbow pads. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> that guy's jumping over volcanoes and fighting poisonous snakes, <laughs> but he puts on <laughs> knee pads to skateboard. Yep. <laughs> Skating is very dangerous. Uh, all right. Uh. That's been our top five. Obviously, we left out some good contenders like uh, Retro City Rampage and Sega Gaga, which I actually watched a, uh, 
a long play of to try and yeah i've never been able to play the game so yeah, i can't same. vouch for it i've but, always wanted to but. yeah and then then realizing like okay so this is less about retro game nostalgia and more about game development which is weird yeah. and yeah. that might be a fun one to talk about in the future for maybe games about game development but uh, yeah it seems like it's not the game that you want it to be you yeah. want like a love letter to sega right yeah. to see out the end of it's the Dreamcast, but it's more like an in joke, yes. or like a series of in jokes for people that worked at Sega. <laughs> yes, it's like a love letter to Sega's staff. <laughs> like, hey, look at this yeah. guy. He's we uh, all know him. This programmer in a bear suit. Alex Kid. Oh, like a Bobo's Big Adventure is more of a love letter to the NES yes. than this game is to Sega stuff. Mm-hmm. Sega stuff, absolutely. But yeah, uh, it's been our top five. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some uh, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, and uh, news and a bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned. He was going to own an arcade. He was going to rent a space. He was going to get some neon to illuminate the place. But now it seems to be Xbox and PS3. He liked the simpler time of joysticks, tokens, Zero and Chun-Li and playing golf with Golden Team with Cresta, Reactor and serving beer and Tapper He wishes he could find an arcade, arcade, arcade gaming shrine Let's get scratching do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. And what did we decide, Baker? Did Totally Totally Rad actually come out? Don't think so. But okay. if it did, it was on my birthday. I turned 14 that day. Happy birthday, and I guess that's Baker! Totally rad. It was Magical John in Japan. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a toilet accessory. It was also They were also cartoon characters in Japan, and for America, they were California surfer dudes uh-huh. who looked real, like, in the cutscenes. And it's just like, yeah, that's everything that's wrong with America. Because instead of just accepting these amazingly designed characters, like, no, 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 we want to be kids to be able to see themselves in mobile, who are kids? And everything we watched had like a, yo, bro, let's party. Uh, we're all Sean Penn from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like, no, we're fucking not. Some of us yeah, are quiet How did that become so ubiquitous that everyone was a fucking surfer yes. in the 80s, even if I, they lived in like Illinois? Some of us aren't even white. <laughs> So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? And welcome back to our final segment where we won't waste any time to make a joke about hitting this button. That is comparatively right off to the races for me, but Chris, you wanted to say something. I did. I did because like um I've had a bunch of adulting horrible things happen and that's why I was yeah, uh, threatening to sell my PS5 because it's not just that I want to scalp it and get more than what I paid, but I had a lot of odd bills fall into my lap and i know greg will feel me 
Uh, I have never in my life broken a phone in my life, um, ever. And my i my iPhone I had completely paid off from three years ago. My dog knocked it off a of bed, and oh, no. it just glowed green. And that was after a bunch of other like horrible home expenses. Ugh. And I, I just like. I'm looking at my PS5 like you motherfucker. Every all of this would be so easy if I didn't have you. And I'm and and if you remember my thing from last week, like Demon Souls is the only thing on the system that makes me feel like I have a next gen next gen mm-hmm. system because every nothing else works. Yeah, nothing works very well, and I can't put data where I want. And like matchmaking doesn't work in online games. It it almost makes no sense to play on this system. Like. Call of Duty or anything like that on this system. You're going to be playing Sega CD right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole library. Yes, but it, but it's it's also it's also an odd feeling when like this system is out, it's brand new and I look the next week, it is the first system I've looked at in 7 years where like there are no new releases on this platform um a week and a half later. None, not one. Mm-hmm. I mean that's I mean that's pretty much par for the course with launches, right? When I got the, I, I guess I, I suppose, but I just assumed there'd be like you know like Steam ports or like things that have been available on PC for a while. I mean, there's like, new PS4 games coming out which are playable on PS. Totally, <laughs> like, that, that's the thing. It's not like there's not new games to play, mm-hmm. but like PS5 enhanced games or uh, things that utilize the PS5, like not a one yeah. drop well, in mean, this. The, that, in that's the new week. par for the course with a launch, though. They like they shoot their wad all at once with the launch library, and then you know. have to wait a few weeks to a couple months for like or months, to see yeah. more than a trickle of games. I'm not basing that on anything other than the Switch when it launched. It did have games very quickly, but the Switch mm. made that Switch easier and special, also like yeah. kind of buggy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the Switch had stuff every week from mm-hmm. the launch. And and just the idea that like yeah Sony's console had no new PS5 games at all zero nothing yeah, nothing just like if you go Demon to the, Souls come on if you, <laughs> I obviously I beat Demon Souls in one second yeah no, of course no, of course, <laughs> of course Speed, that didn't Speed happen Speedrunner just beat it in like twenty minutes I think but I, I did God. put batteries in my Joust arcade cabinet ornament <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> This is going to hang on my tree eventually. I'm so happy about this. This is the Joust cabinet you've been talking about that you were going to no, get? No, this is the uh, ornament <laughs> I've been talking about. It's in the palm of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, showing, I'm showing people across the United States my, jo- my, my Joust ornament. Mm. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I got to tell you, like I opened up my ornament box this week and I forget that I, I took advantage of the like December 26th through January 2nd 80% off sale on Hallmark and all the loser ornaments that didn't sell out that year that I bought for 80% off and I open it up I'm like oh Lego Joker okay <laughs> and then and then I open up Rodney Dangerfield from Caddyshack hey it's Christmas and we're all gonna get laid like why did I buy this it must have been two dollars but okay <laughs> sorry I have nowhere else to say this it just well, happened weird well it's a new release for me 
Uh, an ornament based on a 1979 movie. <laughs> Since you want new things to play on your PS5, I there do. are two new releases uh, that are... For, are there? Well, for PS4, and they aren't really yes. new, because they're more ports of games that came out on Switch a year or two ago. Uh, but nostalgia, am I right? Um, yes. One of them, Bubble Bobble for Friends, The Baron is Back. That shit is, is really great with multiplayer. Yes. I and, love it. And I will say, this game is super fun. It is also $40. Uh, get it mm-hmm. if you are planning to play it with up to four friends. Ten, ten per friend, yeah. Or you really, really love Bubble Bobble. I really love Bubble Bobble, and I played I played it for like four hours with my girlfriend, and that was blissful enough yeah. to justify the purpose. And I mean, Dude, it's, it's fun Bubble as a single Bobble player with your game. Lover, yeah, it's about it playing. Bliss. That's what Bubble Bobble's about. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you can play as the girl dinosaurs now. They have giant her, hoes. Is her name Bab? <laughs> Bob, Bob, and Bab? I, I don't know what their names are, actually. I had no idea. This is like a current gen slash next yes. gen Bubble Bobble. Is that what yes. we're talking Yeah, F- oh Bubble Bobble 4 gracious. officially came out on Switch, I think, like a year ago. Well, Bubble Bobble but, 4 Friends, the, I, I think this, yeah. this game also came out on Switch like a year ago. Bubble Bobble 4 might actually predate it. Uh, but I, I think that just the number four friends is just, it's a four-player Bubble Bobble. No, the, the Bubble Bobble series, and I know I, I sound really drunk when I say Bubble Bobble. It's, I've had like two drinks. <laughs> the, the series had not progressed very far at all. Um, oh, remember no. Rainbow Islands and, and Puzzle yeah. Bobble or Busta 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 Move. Move. Busta Move was great. I, no, I love it. I hate the title. Mm. I hate it, the title. It like, does that's not, sort of yeah, it does not scream Bubble Bobble, does it? Or a puzzle yeah. game. So yeah, I guess yeah, this is <laughs> Bubble Bobble Four. It's just like that's what it comes is. up when I look when I Google Bubble Bobble Four. It's just Bubble Bobble Four Friends for it Nintendo. Is. I Switch. could do the definitive Bubble Bobble yeah. YouTube video if I wanted to right now. This is a one of the only Bubble Bobble sequels that exists. Yeah. It's it's really good. I mean, the gameplay is instantly familiar. If you've played mm-hmm. the original Bubble Bobble, you blow bubbles at monsters, you bubble them, you break the bubbles to kill the monsters, and you collect fruit, and uh, you'll eat all fruit and spell extend, crush those that <laughs> took your girlfriend. Uh, that <laughs> Bubble Dragon song that I remember Chris being fond of. Um, but yeah, it, 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 the power ups work a little differently in that, like, as you clear worlds of various levels, like you will earn these, uh, outfits that give you like longer shots or, uh, the bubbles that like you break them and then the lightning bolts go out to the sides or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, again, as a $40, $40 game, uh, for if, you, if you're planning to play it single player, unless you really love Bubble Bobble, it seems a little steep to me, but uh, it is really good. Well, but this is the perfect time for a game that's otherwise not at all a competitive product. Yeah. You know, to to be yeah, on the yeah, PS5. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It has no business being <laughs> on the PS5. <laughs> I mean, it's on PS4, but you can we play We can it on display PS5. up to 200,000 bubbles on one single screen. I do. Yeah, I think Bubble Bubble is like one of the most joyous gaming experiences. Yeah, it's great. If you got a, a significant other who's amenable to playing video games, oh, yeah. do yourselves a favor. Get tipsy, get a couple controllers, get whatever this new Bubble Bubble game is, mm-hmm. which it's I've great. never played. I really, I really like. That's what I'm going to um, do. And I, I know, I don't know how it reviewed, but I, I know it's not. It looks like it's not for everybody. For the the name Bubble Bobble excites you. This new game is really good. I loved it. Uh, also on on PS4 slash PS5 is uh, Katamari Damashi Rerolled, which Man. is just the first game. 
um, with a, it was on Switch like a year ago. Yeah, what the hell? well, two years ago actually. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, it's now it's out on next gen with a fresh coat of paint, and the two D art looks really crisp. By, by the way, one of my my favorite Spotify channels, Katamari Channel. Really, really good. Yeah, it's like it's a bunch of the original music, and then like oh, you know, in Japan they have a bunch of albums of uh, different versions, and then they have like shit from the one ups and American people who have remixed it and played it. I, I, I yeah, I listen to Spotify Katamari Channel a lot. It's it may be one of my favorite moments in gaming music. That and yeah, man, Katamari and Bubble Bowl are both two of the like two of the games that immediately spark the word joy in my head yeah. when I think of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, oh, I'm glad we got Greg on this and show. And that are otherwise not at all competitive products. <laughs> so, like, it is a good time. Like, doing them as launch titles is actually pretty even though, smart. Even though what I think is really funny, if you saw all that news about Gavin Newsom having a fancy dinner with lobbyists mm. uh, during a pandemic. Maskless. Uh, maskless. Uh. That venue is where I played Katsumari <laughs> multiplayer. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and Ace Combat multiplayer with people from Japan in the press that many years ago at French Laundry. So, so hold up. Is, is Reroll different than the PS3 remake of Katamari? Uh, was that Japan yes, only? Yes. I mean, it's in that it's a. It was supposed to be a next gen, this is massive air quotes, a complete remake of the first game. Hmm. Which the first game is fucking perfect. Yes. And I yeah, that I just it, replayed that. It is. It holds it's, up. It's, it one, of the, it's one of the few PS2 games I've played at least 10 times all the way through. It's very easy to do that with this game. Yeah. Might be the only game I've streamed in a. Like, I've played the entire game in a single stream sitting. Mm -hmm. You can do that, but I mean, like, you, you want to get... There's a lot of goals there to, like, to keep you going if you want to get perfect. Yeah, but that's mm -hmm. uh, that's beside the point. Yeah. It is. It's it about is. giving the world a big hug. Smushing <laughs> Yes, yeah, a big hug with a giant ball. Uh, also out this week, well, actually last week, um, is uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. And I am, I've been I'm playing it. I've been playing it, and let me preface this by saying I have never enjoyed the Muso series particularly. Uh, I think either. I played Samurai Warriors for maybe a few hours, um, and uh, I was, of course, very impressed by Dynasty Warriors 2 the first time I played it, but <laughs> it's kind of one of those games that's like, yeah, it's fun for like an hour, but this one I'm having a lot of fun with, um, and I think there are a few reasons for that it doesn't. I don't feel like it dramatically changes what I think of as, you know, that Dynasty Warriors style gameplay, mm -hmm. but it does a very good job emulating the look and the UI of Breath of the Wild, and uh. it focuses on story events and characters that I already care about and want to see more of. So uh, that's that's the cachet I, I thought, like... <sighs> When I played the other one, like I, I shit on it and got it's like the most shit I've ever gotten really? uh, for shitting on the original Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, because like it was the first janky Nintendo game I've ever played in my life. Hmm. This it was hella jank and like it was I thought it was dumb and it like it was pretty disrespectful to Zelda. But then like this has a storyline catch and yes. like in the fact that the overlay and uh, it tries to make it a part of the Breath of the Wild universe, but the last one was like, we'll make this a Muso game with characters from all of Zelda. Mm -hmm. um, that's nice, but like you're making a, you know, kind of a shitty, <laughs> you're making a shitty Zelda game and like getting us in here with like, oh, there's a bunch of different Zeldas. But, but 
there was no story really in the previous game. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I am curious about the story of Zelda because Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild is one of my favorite stories in that you arrive after a story has happened. Mm-hmm. And you don't even learn that much about what has happened unless you do a lot of really weird side quests. Yeah. Um, it, 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 yeah, even I'm unclear about what this, the story of Breath of the Wild is. So, like, there is something to do here with Hyrule Warriors, mm-hmm. especially when they, if they keep it consistent with how the game looks. Well, yeah, they, they also introduce the possibility of an alternate timeline yeah. uh, because it, I mean, it begins with a little... R2-D2 BB-8 style guardian, like this cute little whistly guardian, you know, those weird tentacled robot things from Breath of the Wild. And it uh, comes online in the middle of the calamity with all this destruction, like after the heroes have presumably lost, and it goes back in time to the start of it when Link is like still a knight and, uh, you know, distinguishing himself on the battlefield, becoming Princess Zelda's protector. So it, it tags along and it's kind of like trying to warn everybody, like, this is coming. We need to stop this from happening. And uh, it's always tagging along with you on the battlefield, which is kind of neat. But uh, you can switch freely between characters. So, like, you begin playing as, as Link and then Link and Impa. And then you go and uh, you recruit Rivali or, like, one of the, the other three guardians, uh so you, and, and you can kind of do that in any order. Like, oh, I want to go play as uh, Mifa and then pilot the, um, I forget what it's called, the big elephant uh, guardian robot thing. And uh, yeah, and, and just being able to see these characters again and see like, okay, here's how they met Link and Zelda. Here's how they fit into the storyline. Like, this is all really cool. And uh, the, the combat is really fun and oddly rewarding. I don't know why it is that charging into a huge herd of Bokoblins and sending them all flying is more rewarding than, uh, say, Chinese soldiers or samurai or <laughs> anything else. But yeah. People who are trained to fight someone and, and don't until you like execute 16 moves. Mm. It just feels like they, they keep searching for the right brand to like imprint their template on that will make it like this big global hit. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like Gundam and then Fist of the North Star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then weirdly, Tecmo, what do they call it? Warriors All-Stars, which is like of all the yeah. game publishers to do an All-Stars game, Tecmo Koei does not come to mind. <laughs> like leveraging their, their their IP power. What do they yeah, have they've, besides they've Warriors? They tried to make it open world and nobody seemed to like that very much. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think that was my issue with the Zelda game. They tried to make it like this All-Stars of all Zelda. and like, But everything happening here is not Zelda. In fact, looks really stupid under the guise of Zelda because Link doesn't just kill everything. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's not really the goal of Zelda is to kill as many things as possible. I mean, it's maybe not escape. when you play, but uh... Uh, I don't think that's. <laughs> maybe you went through a bunch of sculptulas, but mm-hmm. you weren't trying to murder every skeleton in Ocarina. You're just trying to get to where you need to go. Yeah. And, yeah. Basically. Yeah. But... It's a bit of a weird match. Like yeah, Link isn't like bit. this this killing machine powerhouse, is he? I but, guess not I mean, in the mainstream games, but he sure is here. Oh I'm not God. again it, and I, I thought this would be a better a better meld because like I want a nonstop action game with a with a little bit of peppering the story of Breath of the Wild to me because I will not read your comic book, I will not read your mm. novel. <laughs> um, I, I, and I do want to know what happened beforehand. 
But yeah, I'm, I'm having fun with it. I haven't seen uh, Rehydrated Ganon yet, so I'm not sure what what Breath of the Wild human Ganon looks like, but uh, hopefully get to see that soon. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I expected this to be like, a, eh, it's okay, and then... Like, eh, I, well, I spent money to, to help bolster the show. But, uh, no, I, I I am really just enjoying it on its own merits. But, um, mm-hmm. anyway, before we get to news this week, I have something I wanted to bring back briefly. Take my advice, do as I say, save a little money for a rainy day. What are you buying? Yes, that's right. It's game deals. Uh, wanted yeah. to talk briefly. Steam is having an autumn sale, Red Black Friday, from now until December 1st. Uh, there, I, I was going to just kind of gloss over it, and then I realized like there are some really good deals on here. Doom Eternal, one of my top 10 games of 2020, uh, is 1979. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh, shit. Less than I 20 bucks. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order can be yours for twenty three ninety nine. Control for nineteen ninety nine. Oh, uh, Death Stranding is thirty bucks. Uh, which wow. okay, fair. That that was a, a year or two old. But um, Star Wars Squadrons twenty three ninety nine. I mean, Death Stranding just came out on PC. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. Only, yeah, uh, and it's it's amazing. Uh, Squadrons is also great, especially if you've got a VR headset. Twenty uh, percent off Hades, my game of the year. Yeah. So far. Well, it's it, it goes from like twenty five to like twenty, so it's it's not a huge discount, but it is a discount. Um, discount. A Dragon Age Inquisition eleven ninety nine, Mortal Kombat eleven fourteen ninety nine. You can enjoy some of the Shit. new skins that just came out uh, and yeah. characters. Uh, Resident Evil two remake, phenomenal game. Yours for fifteen ninety nine. Far Cry five eleven ninety nine. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey seventeen ninety nine. Ori and the Will of the Wisps fourteen ninety nine. And Middle Earth Shadow of War is ten bucks. And, oh, all right, so all right, if you've got a PC and you like to game on it, there's some good deals on Steam. Just saying, probably didn't I, I need just to tell say, you that. But with Ori, Will and the Wisps, and the Shadows of War, if you get PS Plus and Game Pass, <laughs> those are the same prices, and you get both of them for free in a bunch of. Other <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Yes. All right. Yeah, Shadow of War is PS Plus's game right now, so mm. you can play it on PS5, PS4. Uh, via PS Plus. All right. Awesome. Well, anyway, that's the close of the game deal. So. Take my advice. Do as I say. Save a little money for a rainy day. Thank you. you. I'm not trying to take credit for the sound, but that's because during Thanksgiving and Christmas, I usually alone watch Donald Duck cartoons till my eyes bleed. Wow. And that is from Donald's birthday, where uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie get Donald cigars for his birthday, mm-hmm. and he assumes they're trying to smoke, and they're naughty, so he makes them all smoke in front of him until they basically die. Yeah, which is something parents used to do for reasons. Yeah. Uh, it happened to a friend of mine when I was, yeah, like when I was like nine. Um, but he, he he did steal a pack of, uh, he stole a, a carton of Marlboros, and at 10... His dad made him smoke all of them. And I was like, uh, one, you're the coolest guy I know. And your dad has Playboys we steal from the garage all the time. (laughs) Also, you're the youngest person I know who's who's allowed to shave the side of his head, which is all the rage right now. But, like, he looks so dope in 1990. Brian, Mm. my hat is tipped to you. 
Um, nice. <laughs> sorry your dad hit you so much and made you smoke a carton. Yeah, so- sorry he poisoned you to keep you from poisoning yeah. yourself. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like, oh, you want to have a beer? Well, you know, if you have Here's 30 beers, beer. you'll get sick. Yeah, like, like, who appointed you as the devil? Like, that's the kind of thing that happens <laughs> yeah. in hell. Here, drain this entire keg or, you, or no dinner for you. <laughs> oh, are you horny? Why don't you fuck everybody in front? Oh, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail for what I made my kid do. Uh, okay. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move on to. Uh, speaking of nostalgia, there's a big Mortal Kombat 11 nostalgia. Not only did it recently add Rambo and Melina and uh, a couple of other people to its roster, but it just added skins based on the 1995 Paul W.S. Anderson Mortal Kombat movie uh, featuring the likenesses and voices of Christopher Lambert as Raiden, uh, Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage, and Bridget, Bridget Wilson Sampras as Sonya Blade. So if you want to replace your Ronda Rousey's, uh, now's your chance. <laughs> I, I for one, Recommended. Yeah. I, for one, won't be happy unless uh, they somehow say this line. A handful of people and a people are going to say this <laughs> this is where you fall down is the line that always sticks with me. Yeah. I am in on this and I I'm, I'm all, like the one slice of people who love Mortal Kombat and we're giving them shit for the DLC like oh all the shit old people care about and like hey man I bet you really love this movie from 1995 that's terrible. <laughs> and <laughs> it's it, it Mortal Kombat 1995 96 I can't remember the year. It is terrible. It is still to this day, the best video game movie of all time. Yes, <laughs> it, it it is it is the best video game movie on, of all time, despite still being Jeez. terrible. Is that yeah? Well, I, I guess remember, so. like at the time, I loved it. I was a huge fan of Mortal Kombat, and it's I like love this, it. it was the first video game movie that I felt like had any respect for the source material. Mm-hmm. And then Annihilation came out, and I thought it was absolute trash, and I hated it. And then I came back to it years later kind of with a, a more open mind and really it's like oh you have to you have to appreciate this ironically and just <laughs> as like this work of comedy the same way you would like the street fighter movie and if you do that then it's amazing it's so stupid and the special <laughs> effects are so abysmal you can't not laugh at it but mortal kombat 1 the, the first movie is mm-hmm. not it is not terrible no it's a, it a decent it's film. fun it's basically enter the dragon yeah, that, that Goro puppet is one of the best practical effect things Goro I've ever seen in my good, entire life. Yeah, yeah Goro looks good. Uh, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa is great. And he, they, they made, I think, a really like smart decision role, recasting him as, as Shang Tsung for, for the, the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like, he, he's a character who's, like, I, I feel like his, his best work is always as villains. And I, I've seen him as, like, the good guy in a few things. It's like, it's it's he's good. It's just not quite as memorable. He's just got one of those faces that is like, oh man, you could really see him as like a Yakuza boss or, or yeah. an evil. Yeah, I, I feel like I can prove that from, from knowing Street Fighter well enough to like, would you buy a Kylie Minogue pack? Uh, <laughs> I might, <laughs> actually. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm not sure that you would. It's, it's just not. Uh, I would buy a Raul something... Julia pack, but good luck doing that. So, yes. See, it's a further leap for Street Fighter because Mortal Kombat was always, always used real actors, right? Mm. So it might as well be the actors from the movie. Sure. 
but it's uh We're you know Mortal Kombat has it's always been this perfect blend of not taking itself too seriously but also paying utmost respect to the canon and to the fans where it's like you know like with Shaolin monks where they brought in like fan rumors and like validated yep. them that trees yep. can eat you and stuff like that oh man <laughs> yeah and that's I feel like th- there's always been those two camps of like I've had friends my whole life that thought it was like it's so stupid that Mortal Kombat tried to have a story whereas you have me and it's like I love the Mortal Kombat story I, <laughs> I absorb every detail I fucking love it because me they too. really really adhere to it they mm-hmm. every yeah, single wh- th- like they never like re- I mean maybe they it- I mean adhere to it like once you get to four like there's a thousand different alternate yeah, scenarios that's true but once it once a year I, I I have a great time disappearing in bed with 18 double chins as I just go through the Mortal Kombat <laughs> wiki and, and and just read everything it's fucking awesome yeah, yeah. It's awesome. And, I, and again, to recommend the Eric Andre show again, did you know Hannibal Burris quit the Eric Andre show? No. Why? And they cl- they cloned him oh. uh, with into Blanable, a much larger <laughs> version of Hannibal Burris, um, <laughs> with, who's stretching out of Hannibal's clothes. And several times, a Jax character comes to fight him <laughs> throughout fuck? the season. Yes, and references Mortal Kombat every time he does it. <laughs> does he like have the metal Mortal arms? Kombat! I have mechanical arms. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 I have loved the Eric Andre show so much. Oh, Jesus. I, I, I just, I want to watch it more because, like, his set wrecking is extremely my sense of humor. So, uh, <laughs> so far, the people who've appeared are John Cena, Tony Hawk, and my favorite one recently was Adam Conover. You see, uh, <laughs> Eric isn't wrecking a set, it's built to be wrecked. And then he gets murdered with bullets from his butt. <laughs> <laughs> this show is the best show on television. I wish more people were talking about the Eric Andre yeah. show. Should do a podcast about it. Um, well, uh, Chris, you'll, you'll be in good company. Uh, scalpers have been so successful with uh, PS5s and grabbing them that uh, a UK scalper group recently made headlines for bragging that it has acquired about 3,500 PS5s. For sale! Oh my god! Um, through and it's it's like a, a bot scalping group. Then uh, they they have like a membership tiers and a buy in thing, and they have insider spies that tell them when stock is about to go on sale, so everybody's ready with those buy buttons. Um, yeah, I, I have I have a target for my PS Five. Hmm. By the way, I don't want to scalp it. I don't want to be an asshole who charged is twice amount twice the amount for his PS Five. I didn't really think. It, I was going to get one, hmm. and then I didn't think a bunch of expenses were going to fall on my lap. Did I say that my phone broke for the first time yes. ever? Yeah, like you I, did. Yeah, I had, Dog. I had to get a new phone in addition to a bunch of, like, like thousands of other house things, and my my girl is uh, works in the beauty uh, profession and goes to a bunch of rich people's homes now to cut their hair and do their shit. And some of them try to fuck her and drag her into orgies. Yeah. So what? those are the people I'm targeting. To, like, yeah, you should <laughs> yeah, pay me. You those should pay me a grand for, like for my PS Five. Four times the amount. Yeah, just just for her because you harassed her and she said no. You think a hundred dollar tip is going to make that go away? Mm. No, we're going to take advantage of you mm-hmm. for my PS Five. You're lucky yes. we're not heisting your house because <laughs> the, it really. I think. Uh, if Trump doesn't step down, we're like six months away from that society. You should heist their uh, ass anyway, man. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe. I have a bunch of stupid, sh- valuable shit here too, so I don't. I'm not yeah. necessarily down with that. But if you have, if you have a shitload of money that, like, you're just 
Ah, yeah, she didn't want to do the threesome, man. Here's $1,000. Go away. Shut your mouth. Don't tell the politicians. Uh, Yeah, you should buy my PS5 with Miles Morales and Demon Souls. (laughs) A giant price. I think I feel like the scalping thing is is getting especially heinous with like this this season, for whatever reason, like the scalpers have really asserted themselves with all these online sales, and I I feel like I was able to get both consoles largely as a fluke. Like I I some like I think they fumbled the pre order rollout for PS Five so badly that it surprised the scalpers, and I was able to get in before all the bots activated. Mm-hmm. Um, Xbox, I went th- straight through Microsoft, which worked out okay for some reason, and then I have no idea how I was yeah. there with you the whole time, and it didn't work for me. And then for like two months, I was trying to like every day trying to get a 3080 uh, card for PC, and uh, it was just like it was. I, I was subscribed to a stock bot that would like every time a stock updates, they put out a little Discord message, and I would immediately click the link. And in the time it took me to click the link, I'd like go and there'd be like an add to cart button. I'd add it to cart and it would error out and then it would be sold out. And every single time for two months, several times a day, it got very frustrating. If you're new to the show, um, and I hate saying this, just just because where we live in San Francisco, like we live next to a Jordan's and Gucci bag. uh, Like they, they would rent this space and sell them there, even though they're not stores. Hmm. because they couldn't have this kind of audience come to the store and online scalpers had ruined everything. But they had never come for game consoles before. Yeah, and now they and have. And they did this time. And I told Michael, as a master of journalism, like, mm-hmm. you should just download whatever they do and teach us how this works. <laughs> and we can all get our consoles and yeah. then, for journalism's sake, explain well, how we w- did Well, what this. it is is that there, there are groups that run these bots and then they, mm-hmm. they charge for, for membership and they have different yep. tiers for different benefits. So, it like, is, But it's like I read about it. It's 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on the group. But yeah, it makes these people make, make way more than seventy bucks uh, mm-hmm. when they they flip their systems for double the price, and then God knows what for the RTXs. Like it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Well, I think the 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 going rate for most of these things is charging twice whatever retail is, and it would not at all surprise me. Like these scalpers have been so prolific, if they decided that like. Oh, retailers are trying to step up their stock and make these things more available to more people. They're fucking with my money. How dare they? Which uh, sucks for them because apparently Sony has uh, promised to step up its stock deliveries for the holidays. I mean, to me, all this says to me, like the the takeaway of the whole podcast is that mm-hmm. it's a, never been a better time to get a PS4. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always the case with launches. Mm-hmm. Look at the what the PS4 has versus what the PS5 has. PS5 is a headache. PS4 has thousands of games. My, my buddy was talking to me about that, too. He's like, you want to sell me your PS4 Pro? I'm like, no. I might be able to play PS5 games in the other room of my house. And, but it's like, <laughs> they haven't dropped at all. Like, mm. usually when the new system comes out, like, I'm, you know, for, for sake of argument... I remember when the Super Nintendo came out and the Nintendo went down to like $99. It like dropped in half mm-hmm. in like a day. And this hasn't dropped at all because like the PS4 is still a valuable, a, a, a viable Christmas product yeah. filled yeah. with great games and, and, and 4K honestly, like capabilities. I, I was uh, fully planning to 
I'm going to ditch my PS4 and just move totally over to the PS5. And the PS5 has been having so much trouble just, like, reading the hard drive. Like, I have a hard yeah. drive full really? of PS4 games plugged in. And it's like, it takes forever to index the library and tell me I can mm-hmm. play the games. So I, I finally just decided, like, it seems to be causing a lot of trouble if I have the, the USB hard drive hooked up. So I just, I've unplugged it. And I'm just like, okay, the PS4 Pro sits on the other side of the room. <laughs> it is what I will play PS4 games on. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't comfortably get rid of it yet, and and but I do think I'm going to get rid of the PS. But I have, I realize I have plenty of time. Um, mm-hmm. I have, I I can play Demon Souls for another week or so, and I wanted to finish Miles Morales, which I've seen moments that look better on a PS5 than a PS4. But that game is really good, and while I've heard it's very short. I'm doing everything and having the best time in my life. Mm. I love that game. Well, Chris, you might want to hurry because uh, Sony is apparently reporting that it is uh, is promising to step up its stock deliveries for the holidays. No. So it may actually be possible for normal people to get their hands on one if all the scalpers don't decide that that's fucking with their money. However, did I, t- I, I did I tell people on the show how I got mine? Because no. I don't remember how you got yours. Uh, I got mine because someone in my arcade group, my art, like my arcade modding group, sent me through to the screen where you've already said, yes, I want to buy, mm. I want to buy the digital or disc version. And they got me that screen, which normally like a human being can't get to without saying, mm-hmm. I, so it's like, uh, yeah, the, the, the system was crashing because so many people were rushing to the PS5 screen. Someone jumped me to the next three steps. And I got mine, and I, I if, if we didn't say it on Mike, I just assumed it'd never get fulfilled. Yeah. Like, I didn't get, I felt like I didn't get it legit, legitimately, and Amazon would run out, and they never had a shipping date until one day before the, the system shipped, and somehow got it in my house in one day. Wow. And uh, I, I didn't expect it to happen, and now I'm here, I'm like, I don't want this, and I need this money for real things <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, one, I, I don't believe that at all. Like, whatever happens from here on out will be scalpers again. You have you have to contend with all those scalpers and uh, all those bots in, in a way that modern consoles never had to deal with. That's true. Am I we making need to sense? Develop some sort of countermeasure. <laughs> it's a great time to wait six months. Yeah, it is. To and buy like, a new uh, console. I, Someone's like, yeah, I heard the Xboxes are burning up. I'm like, the vapor thing? I'm not that worried about that. Whatever's happening with my PS5, I'm much more worried about. So, like, as excited as you might be, unless you're wealthy, wait. Just wait. Just wait. Yeah. Get yourself a Mega EverDrive and play some Sega games. You, you could even save money and get into Red Dead Online, which will be a standalone game selling for $5 starting December 1st. $5? Yeah, I, I believe that's an introductory price, but uh, I mean, those. It's not bad. Those online modes are money makers for Rockstar, so I'm sure they'll, yeah, they'll make it. Yeah, it's not bad. bad, and you yeah. shouldn't have to buy a $60 game to jump into Red Dead Online because, like, obviously, Michael and I loved Red Dead 2, mm-hmm. and. I think would uh, I would I would have taken five dollars off the system if they didn't include Red Dead, Red Dead Online. Uh, if I could, I would have I would have paid less for the product without this thing that I don't use. For the uninitiated, uh, what is Red Dead Online? I what don't, do do? Greg. I don't know. What I think oh. it's like is it's a shooter that takes longer to play and takes forever <laughs> to load your gun. I mean, it's it's like uh, it's like Grand Theft Auto Online. I haven't really played it for for more than a few minutes really but uh 
it's it's like an MMO version of Red Dead Redemption, where it it opens up the whole map and it introduces new story and characters and missions mm. that you can undertake, um, and you there you will constantly be running the risk of <clears throat> running into other characters and having them shake you down or shoot you for no reason. So sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Mega and, and, and it, part of the news this week, which uh, uh, <laughs> we're in the news segment, right? Yep. Uh, is that Comcast is introducing new data caps for 21 new states that are just like mine right now. Mm. I am paying $40 more a month for my internet than I ever have before because we do everything online now and no multiple people don't leave the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to point that out because like, I believe they said it was if you go over by... 10 gigs, it's $10. Oof. They will charge you no more than $50 to $100 a month. But, like, my bill has been nearly double what it has been in the past. But Jesus. these are new console times. If we, if we didn't, you didn't hear us last week, like, if you download a new PS5 game, it just automatically downloads the PS4 version, which is the same size. Well, it, it's not that it automatically downloads it. It's that it just presents you with downloads. And if you're Download not looking all. very carefully, you might think that that second thing is just like, oh, it's the pre-order bonus or whatever. But no, it's the PS4 version, and yeah. you have to not download it. It's downloading a 90-gig version of another game that you won't be using on yeah. the system. It, it also, and I think I mentioned this, but that's another reason I disconnected the USB hard drive is because even if you tell it not to, it will automatically download updates for your PS4 games. And I had a lot of PS4 games that had not been updated in a very long time, and I think that blew wow. my data cap just by itself. Yeah, my, so. my, data cla- my data cap this month is astronomical it is awful and i was shocked to find out like wow there were states with protections on this up until right now because like this this really surprised comcast allowed the government to do that yeah i know (laughs) they should be fighting the government for (laughs) protecting people from their data caps yeah and i I looked into it and i've been i've been paying 40 dollars more a month for my data because Mm, of all this and um yeah it's not nothing uh I'm willing to accept it now, but not on a regular basis. And it's it's not like I can do anything else, for fuck's sake. Uh, all these games need need multi-gig patches, even when I buy the disc version. It, there's nothing I can do. Well, you probably won't have to worry about patches, but you will have to worry about data with uh, this next news item. Uh, apparently, an Xbox TV app, while not officially confirmed, has been teased uh, for cloud gaming as, as a possibility in the next 12 months. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's it's infeasible. The the the, uh, the 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 data I I thought I learned is that for HD video, it is three gigs an hour. For wow. 4K video, it's seven gigs an hour, or uh, seven gigs per hour of 4K whatever you're streaming. My Comcast shit taps out at a hundred gigs a month, a month. Hmm. So, do you do? Let's say you play an hour of 4K stuff a day. That doesn't work. <laughs> I don't think. It, I, I think if your Comcast is like mine, it's a thousand gigs for a month because no. 100 gigs is Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. It is, it is a terabyte. Yeah, yeah. But um, but that's a lot. And that, like my my girl, who is never allowed to leave the house either during a pandemic, is streaming stuff too. And um, if like Netflix charges extra for 4K, but everything else, if you have the capacity for 4K, you just are downloading 4K. So like Amazon and Disney Plus, 
you're just getting the 4K versions of Star Wars and fucking, I don't know, whatever that Ron Perlman series is that I've never heard watched in my life. <laughs> but, but like, you're just downloading that stuff at 7 gigs an hour. And I'm, I'm on an all-streaming household. But I, I was also, like, you know, a year ago, nobody turned on the TV till 5 p.m. That doesn't happen anymore. Hmm. Um, now we're all know. watching TV all day. Yeah, and now getting now games are bigger than ever, mm-hmm. and like, and now people are streaming their games. And think about that, like how much I, I'm going to use Dave as an example because he posted how much he played Enter the Gungeon, which mm-hmm. was 700 hours Holy in crap. the last two years. He really so, loves that game. Somebody do the math, and maybe that game's not 4K, and maybe it doesn't require that. Mm-hmm. But that's not feasible, and like Comcast is literally on the verge of doing something evil. Where none of us have an alternative. There's no alternative. Hmm. We can't leave That's Comcast. True. That's true. Because I've we tried do? for Go to a DSL. Long... I've tried for I've tried in every state I've lived in to leave Comcast, and it's not possible. We can't do the show without uh, Comcast. Um, I'm, I'm waiting on Metronet. If you're there, I'd love to talk to you. Please reach out to me. I want to talk to Metronet. Uh, I want to talk mm. to any anybody else willing to. I don't want to say sabotage, but like come up against Comcast because this is bad and everyone's going to run up against that terabyte data cap right now because like mm-hmm. no one has anything else to do but stream stuff. Yep. And, and what Comcast is also doing is penalizing everybody who watches things outside of their coaxial cable. Seriously. What do you mean? If you watch the, if you're watching Netflix, Hulu, Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, Tubi, and if Hulu. you're watching those on your cable box, they will still charge you for the data. Yes, yes. If you're watching mm-hmm. anything from that's not coaxial, somehow mm-hmm. that never counts as data, but everything else does. Mm. And and I, I I'm trying to put that figure out for you three three gigabytes an hour for HD, uh, seven gigabytes an hour for um, um, 4K. We keep talking about resolutions and how they matter. Do you need a next gen system? Why would that matter? Why would a next gen system matter to you if you couldn't watch movies in 4K? Do you want to buy 4K Blu-rays? I buy 4K Blu-rays, but um, seven gigs an hour—that's 14 gigs. Uh, that's 14 gigs a movie. Do you? How many movies do you watch in a month? You're, I, now I feel like I'm crazy. Like hmm. you guys aren't on my side. Well, I mean, I don't stream 4K movies because that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> if I want to watch a movie in 4K, I get. The I, I pay for the 4K 4K tier in Netflix, but like mm-hmm. you automatically oh, stream wow. for. Michael, you're using my Disney Plus to stream 4K movies to your 4K Mandalorian to your house. No, that's you true. are huh. you are do- <laughs> when, when, doing. You're doing this every in month. 4K when it's attached to the projector. If it's just attached, no, to the they're TV, automatically doing it in 4K. You're you're automatic. So so calculate that one hour every month. Um, uh, what is it? Seven times four. Yeah, but if I'm not streaming gig, on 4K hardware, gigs of your internet in 4K? a month are going to the Mandalorian hmm. this month. Thirty gigs hmm. of your terabyte limit. Um, not good hmm. to one show. Yeah. Sorry, I, this, this is I, this is truly evil, and like Comcast should be on its way out. And uh, and anyway, I'll, I'll stop talking. I mean, I'm on board with the Comcast being evil part. Oh yeah, totally. I don't have a 4K TV, so I, yeah. I've never experienced it's 4K. Black Friday, Gregory, get one. Like, <laughs> uh, like that's not even in my. Now. What? Uh, I, I like, really? dude. I will give you fifty dollars right now to a 4K television. <laughs> 
And I am fucking poor and can barely pay any bills. The IRS just sent me my eighth letter. I will totally still <laughs> send you 50 bucks for oh, your shit. fucking 4K television. Wait, are they, wait how much are they going for now? $200 for like, a, like as long as you don't go over 55 inches, it's you can get one what? for less than 200 bucks. Yeah. Do it. Pretty good one. TCLs are mm-hmm. super cheap. Yeah, TCLs are my recommendation. Mm-hmm. T- anything TCL with yeah. Roku TV. But, uh, yeah, maybe you'll be able to play uh, the Xbox app on it in the next 12 months because uh, Xbox chief Phil Spencer says, I think you're going to see that in the next 12 months. I don't think anything is going to stop us from doing that. I'm, I'm uh, paraphrasing what I imagine his tone to be. Um, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. his tone is because like, cause, like, he, he called video game uh, platform allegiance as, as tribalism, and he's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it it comes from not being able to afford more than one system, I think. But yeah, uh, yeah. Which I, I and I I've, I've been there a billion times. Oh yeah, same. I was a huge Nintendo fanboy. I was livid when Final Fantasy jumped ship to go to PlayStation, and now I'm kind of glad they did. <laughs> and he, he's he's sort of telling you like the Game Pass, Game Pass and XCloud are going to be available for everything. But like we're in a world where like HBO Max hasn't figured out how to be on Roku. They still haven't. Mm. Uh, there is no deal set. That's you true. cannot watch the Fresh Prince reunion <laughs> or, <laughs> or uh, other such HBO Max exclusives. Sorry, Class Action yeah. Park is great. And American Pickle is one of my favorite movies of the year. So I'm not shitting on HBO Max. It's, it's just good. too expensive for me to afford. But I'm saying, like, um, he, he's saying, like, we want to put this this thing on every platform we can. Sure. But that's not, that's not, that's not an instant thing you can do. The biggest streaming platform introduced this year isn't mm. allowed on Roku yet. And Roku, I think, has said that like they can't do xCloud stuff. Hmm. It's a little too intense. Yeah, who knows? Well, I, I, we'll I think there's a little more to it than just streaming a video signal. And there there might be... Have you not tried to buy a Roku recently? I did I had to do that for my parents for their birthday in Hamilton. And there's like 16 different versions of Roku. Ultra HD! HD Ultra Ultra Ultra! It's it's very confusing. Um, but like the, the more processing power you get, the more likely you are to play games. But none of them mention Stadia or xCloud. <laughs> and... I think we should all be a little more careful about that, but like, you know, your consoles are where you'll be able to do that. Sure. Sorry, you're all gamers here. Never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, what's an open world you'd love to revisit, uh, besides the real one? Uh, Greg, you weren't here last week. Do you have mm. an answer for that? Like a, an open world from a game that you really loved? Open world from a game I loved... Um, jeez, I should have given this some thought beforehand. We can come back to uh, you. Um, come back to me. I'll try yeah, to call right. something. Uh, well, first to respond on VigigamePocalypse.com was Triskitable, who says, The Mojave Wasteland. I replay Fallout New Vegas at least once a year, and every time I've done so, I wind up exploring different places on the world map and finding something I've never discovered on a previous playthrough. Mind, this game is a decade old now, and I've done over a dozen playthroughs at this point. There's so much to see and do in the Mojave that it's not even funny. It's usually hilarious. That's before considering where quest lines in the story will take you, depending on your allegiances, not to mention the excellent DLCs that build up a compelling myth arc. 
Sure, the Sierra Madre and Lonesome Road are hardly, hardly open worlds, but Zion Valley and the Big Empty are absolutely delightful to explore in addition to the compelling stories they tell. With Microsoft's acquisition of the followed IP as well as Obsidian, I hope we get to see a return to the Mojave or a similar setting in the Fallout game. I know we all eagerly want a return to the classic Fallout gameplay in the form of an isometric turn-based RPG developed by In Exile Entertainment. No, I'm not kidding. Obsidian's got their own projects to work on, and In Exile is fresh off Wasteland 3. I, I, I still, I still want a Grand Theft. Auto, I want a, I want a modern Grand Theft Auto game that's like San Andreas. And I was, I was disappointed that like they introduced Grand Theft Auto Five, and it's like it's just L.A. Mm-hmm. Like you've hmm. established San Fierro and whatever the fuck Vegas was called. What was yeah, it called? um, I'm, I'm blanking on it. You're now. the only person I could depend on. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like a 15 year old game. Um, well, how about this? Ghost Baby says new San Venalona. Ven- uh, the the little mentioned city in Skate Two, um, but I'd want to return with BMX instead of skateboards. Uh, city geometric, city geometric is ripe with gaps, uh, stair sets, uh, and sick grinds. I know the physics may seem um, some may take some rejiggering to accommodate bikes, but with all. Uh, the gamers out there clamoring for a new skate game, uh, skate game, it would be perfect um, way to bring back with something fresh. I feel like I just learned to read, but there's a lot of weird periods in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Oh, the, the answer to your question, by the way, was Las Venturas. Las Venturas. Yes. Uh, Greg, you want to read Daniel Peckham on from Facebook? Facebook? Yeah, from Daniel Peckham. I'm going to I'm going to side with Maddie and say the hard-boiled world of Ellie Noir. I loved everything about that game, but I do wish there were more free-roaming options to explore the beautiful, faithfully recreated downtown Los Angeles of the late 1940s. From the cars to the clothes, the rapid-fire patter to the bombshell dames crooning torch songs. That game had everything a lover of Pulp Fiction wanted, except the Roger Rabbit mod. A full open world, new characters, cel-shaded tunes, and a Toontown expansion would have skyrocketed that game to the very top of my favorites okay, list. Okay. That's, can, I, can I tell you this while I'm really uh-huh. drunk? Uh-huh. Um, I'm a big Roger Rabbit fan. No. And you have to get I'm the shocked. original You have to get the original standard version of Roger Rabbit, but the um, uh, Maroon cartoons in the movie is... Filmed at Real Studios, which is a real a real studio, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it has Benny the Cab driving around. Like the DVD menus of the original <laughs> standard definition film <laughs> have you driving around those studios with cartoon characters all around. There are more cartoon characters in the DVD menus of the standard definition DVD than there are in the movie. Um, you will have a better Roger Rabbit experience with the standard definition DVD. <laughs> so imagine if that were a video game. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but but that's the I thing. You, that. you get you get first person behind Benny the Cab, and you drive to trailers and clips <laughs> and behind the scenes. It's obnoxious as shit, but it uh, <laughs> it, it had like you can see Elliot from Pete's Dragon, um, who is never in the Roger Rabbit movie, but he's in the DVD menu. <laughs> uh, the, the, sorry, this is the thing. Um, awesome. Sorry, I just. I mean, a full open world Roger Rabbit game. Yeah. Sounds pretty yeah. amazing to me. Yeah. yeah. Not Toontown Online. And it but will never, ever happen. Yeah. Never, ever happen. I'm surprised that, like, just because movies have a perpetuity license to exist forever, thanks Spielberg for that. Like, L.A. Noir did always seem like the most, like, 
over-the-top, decadent use of open world ever because it's such a linear game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. It feels like they wanted to tell a pretty like tight, linear story, and they were like, well, it's set in L.A., so I guess we have to build all of L.A. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think I think they like L.A. Noir's thing is they, they eventually... It's not really all of L.A., but it is eventually they will send you on missions through everything you're driving past. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, a GTA game, like, you may never walk into this bowling alley. True. You may never get a coffee from this place. But everything in L.A. Noir, you'll, you'll kind of touch and do. You'll do something with that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still dumb because you have to drive to your <laughs> it's location. It's just an insane thing to do that only Rockstar would have ever done where it's yeah. like just make right. this open world thing where you drive in real time. But I do think that kind of elevates the whole experience. They could sell a version of L.A. Noir with no driving in it and I would buy it. Yeah, totally. Like, that would have been the like same that. thing to do. That's what a normal company yeah. would have done. <laughs> it would not have had... <laughs> But it's kind of cool. Mike Gildea says, I would like to strap on the old jumble hopper and explore a larger and NHD version of the Little States from Pilot Wing 64. For those who don't know or don't recall the Little States, it was an extremely scaled down version of the USA with just the major landmarks present. It was like if America was a big mini golf course, minus the golf. It was the first time I recall a 3D game giving you a big open area to explore. It was pretty magical at the time and gave me something I didn't even know I wanted from video games. A big space to just fuck around. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, maybe check out The Crew or The Crew 2, which uh, tries to uh, rebuild the entire U.S. as a big open world. Whoops. Really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) How do I swing that? Uh, well, I, I, I remember doing a video of, like, the first game. Uh, like, how long does it take to drive from coast to coast? And it's, it was a while. It was something like 45 minutes just driving from one end of the, the U.S. to the other, which, you know, it's not that that big when you talk about driving from one end of the U.S. to the other. But in terms of a video game open world, that's massive. Yeah, I've done, I've done it three times and like, I would... Do it. I would do it again, but I don't really have the job or hmm. money to do it. You mean in real life? Uh, yeah, I've done, yeah, I've done it in real life, but it, it takes like four days. If you're yeah. driving on speed, mm-hmm. you can go. Yeah, across if you just pedal to the metal, four no days. stops. Yeah. We did. We did it over the course of three and a half weeks. <laughs> wow, yeah. which still felt arduous. Three days. Three days is the least you can do it in. Hmm. Uh, otherwise, you're seriously endangering everyone on the road. Yeah. <laughs> um, Todd Harrison says, since Jurassic Park for the SNES is the best Jurassic Park, he's not wrong, um, the game, it would only make sense to revisit Isla Sorna uh, on next-gen consoles. It'd be remade as a third-person game similar to Red Dead, but instead of boring normal animals, <laughs> there will be awesome dinosaurs everywhere. Uh, that want to eat you, and they can even remake the original soundtrack with an orchestra or whatever. I love suggestions that end with or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> that almost negates the idea that it's a suggestion. But uh, uh, I want to thank Daniel uh, Daniel again for uh, on 302010 this week, he put in that the Jurassic Park novel is 30 years old. Wow. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, this loose creed on like um, yeah, it's sort of about dinosaurs being cloned, but the, the novel's about, like, should we tamper in God's genetic domain? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, Samuel L. Jackson said it was okay. 
Um, <laughs> I, I loved the novel, and I felt like the movie deviated a lot, but I still loved the movie. So, mm. both good. Well, on on Twitter at Doctor Wawi, Doctor Wawi, Doctor Wawi says, "I would like to revisit the many open worlds of Super Mario Odyssey. While I love the Galaxy games, Odyssey was a welcome return to a less linear, more open 3D Mario game." And it quickly became my favorite of Mario's 3D adventures. I could write a thesis on why I love this game, but I will stick to the topic. The worlds. To only name a few, you have Tostarena, where you can speed across the desert dunes riding on a stone lion. Steam Gardens, with its swinging 60s soundtrack and deep, dark secrets. It acts as an homage to the 1972 movie Silent Running. Seriously, go look it up. The crown jewel of the game, New Donk City bringing that OGDK back with the style and doing what the USA can't by putting a woman in charge. Bowser's World gets a samurai <laughs> makeover that would fill Jin Sakai's uncle with pride. And, of course, you have Peach's Castle, which brings Mario back to his 3D roots in all of their N64 glory. Also, props to that anime-as-fuck song that plays when you escape Honeyloon Ridge at the end. To paraphrase the late, great James Lipton, as portrayed by Will Ferrell on SNL, Playing Super Mario Odyssey is like looking into the face of God and seeing him smiling back and saying, You are my most wondrous creation. Scrum True Lessons. <laughs> Scrum Hold on a sec. This was from Twitter? Uh, yes. Well, he, how he, many, I'm not sure how. That image. How many tweets? Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> he just wrote it and screen capped it and posted it as an image. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, like, like everyone else should feel as old as I do that Will Ferrell portrayed people who died in the last year. Mm-hmm. Like, all the game show hosts Will Ferrell ever portrayed are dead. Oh. Yeah. And that was less than, like, it was less than 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. I still remember that when, when he was uh, portraying James Lipton in front of James Lipton. And James Lipton was like, if I talked this slow, I'd never get through a show. If I talked any faster, I wouldn't be you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, 90s reference says, would love to see uh, a Shadow of the Colossus open world um, before everything fall- fell apart. Uh, shed some light on what the H was going on in the beautiful world. Uh, look forward to hearing about the 2076 release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a very pretty open world. Would have been nice to see it in its heyday, maybe, but uh, I'm fine with it being ruined. It's cool. Maybe those Colossi did something. Maybe they were like Mega Man robots where they had productive societal roles before they went berserk. I feel like there's an alternate timeline where Team Eco went on to be like this huge like powerhouse developer and mm. they revisit that world with like a much more ambitious game that takes place when that world is still like full of life. Yeah, that'd and be pretty cool. You have things to do. <laughs> I feel like they they tried to do that a little bit with with uh, Trico or Last Guardian, where it's like, mm. okay, there's other humans in this game now, um, and there's a civilization, but it doesn't feel connected the same way that Eco and Shadow of the Colossus did. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's not, not an open obviously. world at all. No, yeah. no, no, not at all. Great game though. Finally, do you want to read Tell Furious? Yeah, Tell Furious writes. I'm busting my brain trying to determine whether Katamari Damashi can be considered open world or not. So instead, I'll suggest revisiting and rolling up every Vigi game open world with a Katamari. Though perhaps I've missed out on the fantasy genre mashup. 
episode of VGA. It was a parenthetical. Or yeah, revisit Cut the Money World with guns and prostitutes. What do I care? <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to roll up San Andreas with a Katamari. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, if only. Yeah, if you yeah. could just do the, like impose the Katamari concept on any other game. Make that happen, Namco Bandai. Make it friends be, with everybody. Yeah. Uh, finally, we have a video response from Mike Amari who says... Hey, VGA crew, Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was if you could revisit any open world from any video game, which one would it be? Now, the one I'm going to pick is maybe a little bit of a cheat, uh, but I would really love to see an open world based on the sandbox levels from Blast Core. Uh, Blast Core had these great individual sandbox levels where you were trying to, if you don't remember, knock down buildings to make way for a nuclear missile that was on the back of a truck. Uh, and you had to make sure you knocked down a path straight line through the level to make sure it didn't hit any buildings or anything like that. Uh, it was a great little puzzle action game that the open world sandbox levels were amazing at the time. Uh, back in like 1995 or 96, whenever it came out, it really did feel massive. It felt like that I was rewarded for my exploration and there were secrets in the nooks and crannies ever over the map. And it still holds up to this day. I was just replaying it on Rare Replay and I just could not put it down. It was just so much fun to scour those levels uh, in between all the destruction of the buildings. Uh, it would really work well in today's modern landscape. Uh, you can just take the destructible environments of like a Red Faction gorilla and get a big open world where you have like a city, a big old countryside, a city, and then you would move from city to city while you're, you know, finding different vehicles, the finding different implements of destruction, trying to create a path for the truck that would go through. Uh, and they could even make it uh, a, like a hardcore mode where it's like Dead Rising, where you have one overall timer going for like, say, 48 hours or whatever that you have to do all of your objectives with in that time. Uh, I think it would be a really great uh, opportunity to get a massively destructible game to feel like you're playing with Tonka trucks. And here's the best part. After you clear the path and you finish the game, your endgame content could be it pulls out and it's City Skylines XL that you have to rebuild everything that you just destroyed <laughs> for the people that were in the area. Well, that would just be my opinion with that. I'm curious to see what you guys think. Uh, thank you for sticking with me this week, guys. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Sounds I've great. always been with him on, on Blast Core. should be a launch game for every system, yes. and they should call it something else. <laughs> uh, how big can you make a city or a slash level? And how big can you destroy it? Mm-hmm. And how quickly can you... I'm so drunk. Oh, my God. Make a biblical version called Blessed Core. Sorry, go ahead. Gorilla was so good, and it was basically yeah, yeah. like a reimagining the same idea, right? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Not quite. That, I mean, it wasn't really a puzzle action so Yeah, much, you didn't really like, have that uh, that immediacy of, that. of like, oh, shit, there's a nuclear bomb coming through. Got a clear path. It was more just like, hey, I'm going to tear this building down. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's the first game that I realized sometimes games are more fun on easy mode. And that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you shouldn't be dying in that game because you got no. shot. You should be focusing on blowing stuff up and mm-hmm. like planting the bomb. Anyway, beside the point. Yeah, these assholes should not get in my way while I try to drive a tanker through their fort. Exactly. Okay, I thought of an answer to this okay. question. Jet Set Radio Future. Yes. Yo, it's the best. It's yes. the best world of any sort. I uh, just hang out in Rokaku Heights Hell and yeah. Shibuya, which has not been renamed. It's just Shibuya in that game for some reason. Yeah, I'd also like to see that as a fully connected open world rather than the little discreet. I have yeah. only been to, to Japan exclusively with Greg. I think. Yeah, 
That's, that's right. He, he sounds so sad about it, but it was the best moment of my life. No, it was awesome. No, I, I'm not at all sad about it. I was a little sad. That f- we had a great trip there for work. And then there was another trip that I went with my wife, and we didn't, we were like, we didn't quite sync up our schedules, and we missed each mm-hmm. other, and that sucked. I know. I see. You don't remember that in Kyoto? No. Uh, for for like a day, for it was like an it was hour a, long. It was thing, a day, yeah. It was like a day trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but the rest of the time I hung out with you, so I don't remember. I, like, Separate I don't trip, remember yeah, yeah. Anything. When we when we went for work, that was amazing, and we went to the Capcom restaurant and the. Mm-hmm. The, the uh-huh. Resident Evil bar, a separate place. They had both a Capcom bar. I remember, and like the, the most fun thing in my job is like, um, um, am I allowed to say Chuck E. Cheese sucks? And everyone's like, no. And the vice president's like, yeah, you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> He's not there anymore. But uh, that was really fun. It was, it was a fun argument. Like I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. I wish I hadn't. But like. Uh, we had to make a fight out of it. Here we are. Dude, speaking of them, they are advertising on Hulu right now, and it's really weird and depressing because... Is, is that the one with, like, they, they, they keep showing, like, cutaways of people, like, sanitizing the tables? Yeah, uh, and kids with masks on. I'm mm-hmm. like, these oh, places yeah. are already swimming with disease when there isn't yeah. a global pandemic. Nobody should be there, ever. <laughs> you got to throw your kid in the ball pit now? Yeah. Yeah. Those ball pits are great until you realize they're coated in, in stranger diarrhea. Yeah, until you get diphtheria. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Rokaku <laughs> Heights. Happen. Yeah. Rokaku <laughs> Heights, great. <laughs> Ask yourself right now, why does Disney not have a ball pit? Now you know. Yeah. yeah. Now you know. On a mass level, it don't work. Yeah. In your house, have a ball pit. It's, it's, do it. It's one have of those things party. that even after the pandemic, we're going to reevaluate and say, like, why did we ever do that? Yeah, Dude, ew. is Chuck E. Cheese like an analog open world game? <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. Think about it. Can that be the yeah. question of the week? <laughs> oh, please. As long as we get this over with, because I'm too fucking hammered right now. All right. All right. Uh, new question of the week. This is one we probably should have busted out for Halloween, but uh, what the fuck? It's fun. Um, if you had to pick one video game to be buried in and haunt, a la. Um, you know that that Majora's Mask creepy pasta, uh, which I even even float around like an observant ghost yeah. and like helping people. Which would it be if you if you had to spend the rest of eternity in a single video game, uh, but you could actually be there as a ghost in the machine, so to speak? What would it be? Um, gosh, I don't know. Uh, I, I I think I do. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Huh. Yes, you'd want to I would be buried. Love, in ghost love, of, you'd want to be the literal ghost and ghost of Tsushima. Can you imagine as a deal hunter that the wind would just tell me like uh, the SNES Mini is on sale? <laughs> but, that, but you'd be dead. How way. would you buy one? <laughs> I but whatever. It's not the not important. But like, okay. uh, but a living world that that responds to you hmm. and tells you how to how to live. Uh, I think that's great. Like, because because that, that's what I like like most about Ghost of Tsushima is because like. The world does respond to you, hmm. um, and you're you're allowed to ask the world questions. You can do that here. D- no, yes, I am. <laughs> Why? The world Why? is called Why Google, are there and it no lives in your phone. Pearl onions at Trader Joe's. I waited in line so long, <laughs> but not, but but like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, like is a, a magical world that I would 
much, 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 much rather live in. Mm. Um, an uh, untapped world of beauty and magic um, uh, I'm in. I, 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 I can't be more articulate about it because I'm drunk. But uh, but we were, we were this this by the way came about where we were talking about like games we wanted to be buried in and Michael changed it but games you want to be buried that that is literally the question I asked oh my bad <laughs> yeah like, right, uh, I missed it I, I mean you know I I I said you know would you want to spend eternity in because uh, otherwise you'd just be getting buried in a cartridge who gives a shit but you have to think of the, about that like you're you have to be buried here not as a guy with a sword or like uh-huh. a, a, a a servant but like a world you'd want to like live in eternity yes. in, and like ghost of Tsushima fuck yeah like these boars are assholes on a, an occasional basis but I I have the timing down on these mm-hmm. fucking assholes. I'll get the rest of these 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 fucking. Ah, never mind. Yeah. But, uh, I'd I'd want to be buried in my Steam library, which is the equivalent of asking <laughs> for a hundred more wishes. Um, <laughs> failing that, I think I'd I'd want to be buried in uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild because I spent hundreds of hours in that game, yeah, and I'm too. pretty sure I still haven't uncovered half of what it has to offer. Uh, and I find new things every time I I pop back into it. So uh, I mean, there's there's literally spots in that game where it's preferable to be naked in. Hmm. Why not live there forever? Sure. Mm-hmm. Go up onto the snowy peaks and expose myself to a dragon. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm gonna combine both your answers and say Okami, which Ooh, uh, Okami is just about the most joyous game and game worlds I've ever played. Every time I play it, I'm just re... I fall in love all over again. And then I kick myself for not playing it more. And then the cycle repeats. So it might as well be an eternal thing, you know? Hmm. You know, it was only a few few weeks ago that I realized uh, Okami isn't just like... I, I thought it was just like honorable spirit, like God, something like that. And I realized, oh no, that's also the Japanese word for wolf. Yeah. Which and I then I found out like oh they they actually hunted their wolves to extinction like a hundred years ago that's a little sad I didn't know that and that's what's going to cure this marriage of erectile dysfunction <laughs> you, come on play the game you'll know what I'm talking about sure they still have <laughs> monkeys though that's true true Gotta have monkeys true. and apes true. I don't know, are macaques they will steal monkeys your sun chips they got macaques the red faced mm-hmm. macaques and they you take a bath with them oh yeah nice I didn't know they let you take a bath with them. Well, they take a bath in the Greg, hospital. Like hot springs. Yeah. yeah, he knows people. <laughs> <laughs> and the great All thing right. about Okami <laughs> is that it's it's a shitload of content too. So like, you know, I think one thorough playthrough could take up to like seventy hours. So if you have to spend eternity there, it's going to feel slightly less like eternity than most other games. Hmm. Except, I mean, Breath of the Wild, I think, has it beat. Yeah, still good though. All right, so if you what what game would you want to be buried in, spend eternity in, have be your new afterlife? Uh, let us know. Go to vidgamapocalypse.com, Answer into the comments for episode three hundred and ninety five. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community and answer the question there, or you can ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the best answers on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Uh, Greg, is there anything you'd like to direct people's attention to? Gregory! Uh, yeah, I stream Monday through Thursday, 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Twitch at Lacquerware, L-A-C-Q-U-E-R-W-A-R-E. 
this month has been Cyberpunk Month. I've been streaming a different Cyberpunk Month every single time. Different Cyberpunk game. Did I say month again? There it is. Different Cyberpunk game every single time. Uh, which is a lot. And admittedly, I thought the Cyberpunk game was going to be releasing this month when I made that plan. But mm, still been cool. still been fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I even saw the Laser Time community like, eh, we should hold out on the cutoff date on when Game of the Year is considered. Oh, like, wow. They're this invested. is just a cyberpunk plea. Get <laughs> fucked. Nobody cared when this was the Knights 2. Uh, <laughs> the Knights Journey into Dreams 2, uh, December 18th. No one extended anything. Nobody <laughs> expected that to be game of the year. It was the best game of, of 20, 2008. Are you, are you crazy? I, I heard worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad, actually. <laughs> but, but, like, that's this is where you release bad games, mm. yeah. it, which is also scary. Huh. All right. Good to know. So, anyway, look for me on Twitch. Follow me if you yep. like. I love you, Greg! Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's on Laser Time this week. We're going to put up our comedic duos thing. We're talking about Bill and Ted. Oh, really? That's finally. Awesome. Okay, good. I was wondering what happened to that. Yeah. It's just that I, I'm tired of doing podcasts and editing all of them. <laughs> The worst job anyone's ever been given. Oh. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, well, do you want to tease some of those podcasts? No. Leave me alone. Do it anyway. Good. No. Uh, 302010 is new this week, and uh, we're talking about the movie that... Do you know who Kathy Bates is? Yes. Of course. This is why. <laughs> uh, oh, the water boy. Got it. Of course. You motherfucker! <laughs> no! Michael! Michael has to go back to film school. <laughs> <laughs> crawl back in my film hole uh it's it's one of the the, the best 30 2010s ever and uh, a bonus time this week um two friends of the show has have been exposed to covid and have to cut off their whole households from one another um it's a weird situation yeah patreon.com slash laser time all right hard on yeah. as always you can visit us online at vigigameapocalypse.com or follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas, W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. you said cool stools i immediately heard like the fisher price uh cool tools jingle oh, in my head i thought you were going to reference what i was doing cool, right before cool, this cool, recording cool stools mm. oh that too um <laughs>